Welcome to Total Recast. I'm your host, Samuel Monsoon, joined as always by my co-host, Vincent King. Howdy, howdy. If you're new to the podcast or if you like me and get blackout drunk on the regular, what we do here is some Kane and I pick a movie to rate, review, and discuss. If it's bad, we remake it, and if it's good, we leave it alone. Either way, we recast it, with the only rules being that if Bill Paxton is in it, no matter how big or small the role, we have to recast them, and that no actor or director can be used more than once within a 12-episode period. We affectionately refer to that as the Tom Hardy rule because we love them so much, we want to put them in everything. Now, with all that bullshit aside, hey, Kane, what movie are we recasting tonight? We are recasting the 1982 action film First Blood. John Rambo, a drifter, just passing through their town. Morning! Headed north or south? North. Now jump in. I'll make sure you're heading the right direction. Huh? You got some place I can eat around here? There's a diner about 30 miles up the highway. Is there any law against me getting something here? Yeah, me. I want you to book this gentleman for vagrancy, resisting arrest, carrying a concealed weapon. They knew he was innocent. I'm starting to dislike you. A lot. And they didn't give a damn. That's okay, Ward. Don't worry about the soap. He's tough. Just save him. Try. Don't move. I don't want you to cut your own throat. John Rambo. One man who's been pushed too far. You're finished! You've gone as far as you're gonna go! And straight for the top. Right on top of him. There's no way out of here except through us. He was hunted. Trapped. There he is! On the cliff! And forced to fight back. Except the fact that you're dealing with an expert in guerrilla warfare. Are you telling me that 200 men against your boy is a no-win situation for us? You send that many, don't forget one thing. A good supply of body bags. Sylvester Stallone. This time, he's fighting for his life. First blood. In order to unpack and discuss this movie properly, which is an indelible piece of 80s cinema starring one of the most iconic film characters ever, we need someone who was there for it when it first came out. Someone who was at ground zero for one of the biggest cultural sea changes. We need a dinosaur who's been alive longer than any man on earth to regale us with his old man wisdom. (laughs) And wouldn't you know it, Kane and I just happen to know such a dinosaur. Please welcome to the show, Mr. William Dahlgren. Doll baby. The oldest man alive. Doll baby. Doll face. Yo, 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 yo. That's right. That's right. I taught. I taught Stallone everything he knows. He's, he's trying to speak cool to the to the kids, but he is, in fact, a mummy. I. Yeah, is that the that the cool vernacular nowadays? Mm-hmm. Yo, yo, yo. Every time you talk, you sound okay, like Steve Buscemi in that Adam Sandler meme gif or whatever, where he's dressed as a cool kid and he's got a skateboard <laughs> and shit. 
Oh, I love mm-hmm. Steve. And he's also 17,000 years old. Also, I want to know, how did we get the uh, short end of the stick? I thought we were going to get the uh, the good uh, doll face, Mrs. Doll face on here. She's the best doll face. Why did we get, st- how did we get stuck with oh. this guy? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, she wouldn't know any of this nerd shit. <laughs> oh, she doesn't give a shit. She doesn't know she the nerd shit. She wouldn't know any of this nerd shit. No, no. It's funny, though, because she probably watches more movies than I do she she's you know she's got this quality i wish i had she'll just turn turn on whatever streaming service and just dive into whatever you know floats up i get i get lost you know in the scroll um but she doesn't she doesn't get into the nerd like she doesn't get into the details and stuff like that well since she's not here i have to float my questions to you dahlgren since you were there at the beginning because again i have to reiterate the oldest man alive people who- i'm not even the oldest guy on the site tell us about your dumb. first memories watching first blood all those years ago yeah i actually do have a very clear memory of watching this movie when i was a kid i would have been uh, i would have been older than 10 for sure because we had moved at that point in the house i'm picturing so uh, i just remember it being really cold so that means it was probably summer because my parents would just jack the air conditioners down as far as possible um sitting in a dark room watching first blood and just it definitely wasn't the first time this is just this is just the one memory i have of watching this and i have no idea why this particular one comes through i was probably about 14 something like that but i had seen this movie way earlier than that i probably saw this movie i mean definitely before i should have Although it's not really, well, we'll get into that. I'm sure it's not, it's not really that violent, but um, yeah, I mean, I probably saw this movie, golly, I was probably six when I saw first saw this movie. This uh, this is one of those where I saw part two first. How was that for y'all? Like, did you see first blood first or did you see the other ones first, then go back and see first blood. But I saw, part two first and then i saw first blood well i'm definitely old enough to have seen this first i don't know if i saw the whole thing i'd be lying if i if i said uh, i know i saw the whole thing because i mean it's 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 a slow moving movie right i mean it's it's by action standards today i don't know if it would have held like a five six seven year old's attention so I'm definitely aware of the character going way back. I mean, I had like a lunchbox with Rambo on it, but I'm I'm sure I, you know, now that you throw that question out there, Kane, it's entirely possible I saw the sequel all the way through before I saw the first one all the way through. But I can't. I think it taints. I think it taints the the picture of the original. I because the I always equate this to like Mad Max. When you see the first one, you have to see that one before the sequels because if you go back to it, you're like, man, this movie's fucking slow and boring. Like you just when you see the Road Warrior and you see like nonstop action, and then you go back to Mad Max, you're like, and so I mean, when you see the first, the second Rambo, which I saw first, and then you go back to this, you're like, man, he kills one person in this accidentally. And then the rest, he's just kind of like hits with sticks and shit. It's amazing. He kills three people. Uh, does he? I, I... Yeah, I, I, my canon post on 
saw has has it at at one. I think I think I actually I don't I can't remember if I read that somewhere or if I just counted them as I was watching it, but it's it's not one. There's a scene when he's making his way back into town on the army truck and uh I can't remember how he does it, but he causes a car to I think it's a cop that's chasing him or something. He causes that car to crash into another car and it just bursts into flames and there's there's two people in that car, so that's uh-huh. that's three down. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you, but I'm gonna say comic book rules. If I don't see the corpses, <laughs> they made it out. They made it out alive, just burnt slightly. I mean, crispy. because yeah, because if that's the case, then <laughs> those Marvel movies have a lot of fucking bodies. They do. They do. It's yeah, man. You don't see the corpses, but my god, if they survive that, that's some tough but son like, of bitches. Back to my original point, like if you see the second one first you're like fuck man but so i I think this is a movie that really grows on you over time because as a kid because i i wasn't of age when this came out i wasn't even fucking born i i probably would have liked it probably not but it's really something once you understand what this movie's going for what you understand that it's not an action movie it has action in it but it's not really an action movie it's about a broken man just dealing with assholes and he doesn't want to deal with it. There's more to it than that, obviously, but at its core, it's so removed from the other movies that it's in my mind, like the matrix movies or like, like I said, Mad Max, I like, there's a clear line of delineation where I'm like, all right, there's this one, then there's the sequels. And then there's the other two sequels. Like those are so also radically different. So I mean, I have. Uh, yeah, so I'm with you on Mad Max. I, I like Mad Max for different reasons, um, but I grew yeah, up with the Road Warrior. I don't think I think I saw the Road Warrior before I saw Mad Max. And um, I definitely like I think I think I know we're going to disagree on this, but I think the Road Warrior is the best Mad Max movie. But with Rambo, I think the sequels are way inferior um in fact i mean rewatching the second one a few years back i but like at the time though when you first saw them there's no way i can't imagine you thinking that this one was better as like as a no 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 no. i mean well hell i would watch yeah i would watch this and and those chuck norris escape missing in action baby whatever they were yeah we're gonna talk about (laughs) those yeah i mean (laughs) Well, this this brings up a question I wanted to ask y'all because um, I, I I think I might have mentioned this briefly in the Canon post, but uh, do y'all have movies that you liked for a certain reason at one point in your life, and then liked for a very different reason later I, on in I, life? I believe so. I can't think of any off the top of my head because, um, like this one, and this is a perfect example because yeah, I watched Part Two first, and I loved Part Two being a kid because of the action and all you know how you know rock it was you know rocky destroying all everybody and the uh that one scene where he's just taking people out like all these crazy ways and it doesn't make sense at the time of how he got all the mud on him and all that before he kills the person or he's in the perfect spot to kill all these people and you go back and watch this and it's just a different type of movie it's like okay i enjoyed it but i didn't get it and then going and watching the first blood later on yeah, it, it just it hit so much different. It's like I still enjoyed it because I think, you know, Brian and he was one of those good actors that I always saw and kind of liked as a kid. 
you know and then uh, of course you know it's freaking it's rocky you know so i i love you know rambo uh, or sly as rambo in that and but it you know the the gravity of the movie didn't hit till way later so this is kind of the one of those perfect examples because it was also kind of like what um sailor was talking about too of like it kind of being not boring but it's a different type of movie or action movie and it was kind of bridging that gap from the 70s style to the 80s style because you had action but it was in spurts and it were because you had the car chase which was kind of a 70s thing as well but then you added in the helicopters that was becoming more prevalent and the explosions and all that stuff so it was but it was also telling this amazing story so i think this is one that that definitely sticks out to me no, that's a good point. The comparison to the '70s movies. I'm like the first thing that comes to mind is the uh, a James Con movie, The Killer Elite. It's it's a very quirky action movie. I don't know if y'all have seen that, but um, it's it's not fast moving by. by yeah, I, know, I make no bones all. about the uh, my lack of infatuation of movies before pre '80s. <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> you know, even even I'm a you know, horror fan. You know, cheap plug for Night of the List, but we talk about it on there. It's even some of the movies before 1980s. It's just man, it's hard for me to to get into. Don't, I can get into certain ones, but it's just it's just a different. When you grow up in this 80s era, where all the action is so crazy, and even going back and watching some of these acts, like man, the action just you know it changed from the like we said the 70s to this to Die Hard to Speed, and it just you know it just of course the action just got more and more intense and crazy and ludicrous up to what we're getting now but you know even like the 80s was just like it was like that explosion of the action film just like it was the explosion of horror uh slashers and all that the horror movies and stuff it was kind of the explosion of the action film and it just kind of changed over over time where it was just you know non-stop action then we kind of got right away from that story that we were getting in the um, with movies like this kind of the same thing like we were talking about mad max is a perfect example because i saw road warrior first as well and i didn't know like i didn't know that was a sequel because all i knew it was was the road warrior i never knew it was mad max 2 and then you hear about mad max and it's like oh well that's the same guy let me go watch this completely different movie i'm like as a kid yeah i don't there was nothing about that movie that that appealed mm-hmm. to me whatsoever and so it was like, yeah, it was the Road Warrior. And then going a little bit later, it's like I still don't love Mad Max, but I get it. I enjoy it. There's some good stuff there. But yeah, so that's just kind of it's just crazy that how this kind of bridged that gap from that 70s to the 80s action. Well, we're not talking about Mad Max, but I gotta I just have to throw this in there. The thing I like about that movie um as an adult is the way it subtly depicts. Uh, a civilization on the edge of collapse you know it's not most of the dystopias we get it's it's post collapse you know everything's just totally screwed and mad max is just like teetering and i think that's interesting to me that that's an interesting way to portray that that it was a post-apocalyptic film though i probably wouldn't know because i would just assume it was australia <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. As a kid, as a kid, yeah, I probably just thought this is just some weird right. Australian because shit. I mean that's not just the joke. Like the the rover with 
Robert Pattinson and who else is in it? Guy Pe- Pierce. Mm-hmm. No idea that was a post-apocalyptic but, movie. I just thought, oh, Australia fucking sucks. <laughs> no idea that movie it, was. No, on the it's edge. true. It's like almost no. every Australian film that I felt like I had seen as a young kid or whatnot was. It felt like a post-apocalyptic type of movie. <laughs> it's like, is that just Australia or is that just <laughs> that's the best way to depict, <laughs> like you said, a dystopian kind of post-apocalyptic. Uh, setting and it's like that's you know no no offense to any of our australian friends out there <laughs> i think it's right. a cheap way to do that it too and i, I love oh, yeah. the rover and pattinson is amazing in that movie um but yeah i that's one thing i really like about the rover also is that it's it's um i mean that society's probably collapsed at that point i, I guess it could be similar to the one depicted in in Mad Max. In fact, I think that movie was inspired by Mad Max, but I, that's what I like about it. It's to me, it's a little more difficult from a, um, like from an art department standpoint to depict um, something that is like subtly different than something that's just totally right. like anarchy. But I think, I think from a budget standpoint, it's probably a hell of a lot cheaper yeah. to do it that I way. I mean, there's a documentary about this called not quite Hollywood, which explains the evolution of the osploitation movie and yeah it basically just comes from mad max because a year before that australia didn't have a film industry at all so it started with sex comedies then mad max and then everything was mad max like going forward because they're like yeah tits are great but you know what people like car explosions so that was it from then on car explosions and a lot of sand and Madison. Was that your Australian accent? It, it was coming in, and then I just let it just do it. Like, it, it was, yeah. It's cult- I mean, now it kind of... appropriation, sir. I will do what the... I, I mean, no, if I, we're talking about Australian <laughs> accents, we got to talk about Tarantino and Hateful Eight. You know, I'm just paying homage to one of the quote-unquote best Australian accents I've ever heard, Mr. Tarantino. I love you. You can do no stop wrong. Stop acting. Stop acting. Actually, I honestly, man, I mean, I don't have an ear for dialects, so no. I know his Australian accent. A lot of people shit on it. I'm like, have y'all ever heard an Australian? Their fucking accents are goofy as shit. So it's like it's not that far off the mark. I think it's funny. So they're they're like Irish or Texans. It's just it depends on where you're at. We've got a pretty close friend that's Australian, and I'd say his accent's pretty classically Australian. By the way, since y'all love Mrs. Dollbaby, she actually saw Tarantino at a hotel here. This would have been around the time that we met. So, you know, like 50, 60 years ago. <laughs> Come on, guys. Oh, Come on. You're old. You're old. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she didn't, she didn't talk to him. She didn't talk oh. to him, but he was just hanging out in the, in the lobby of this hotel in downtown austin so that's my that's my tarantino the only reason that we're bringing up tarantino is the fact that recently again not to date the podcast because we hate date, doing that but the whole reason we're doing this right the reason movie, why we decided to do first blood in the in the first place yeah is because tarantino was on the podcast circuit the interview circuit because he has his new book out once upon a time in hollywood he released i don't know which podcast it is because he's done like a thousand of them that he would love to do first blood a remake of first blood with adam uh adam driver and kurt russell 
And they got us thinking, which we're going to table that for a little bit, but they got us thinking about First Blood and how much we love it. And so, yeah, we Tarantino, First Blood. But going back to Tar- uh, First Blood, I mean, I can't really talk about First Blood, my memories, because I really don't have – I wish I had that Tarantino thing because he can remember what movie theater he saw the fucking movie. <laughs> like, he has absolute recall with that, with that shit. Right. I don't. I just know the things that impacted me based on those things. So, yeah, First Blood, I don't remember it hitting for me. The sequel, I remember bandana on my head. I'm outside trying to save all the pals because I'm that young. I don't know what the fuck a POW is, but I know I got to (laughs) go save them. They're out there. I got to go get them. Um, But the first one to me is kind of one of the most important movies in a way. Because it is a direct influence on the Metal Gear Solid series, which is, I'm not going to spend too much time on it because it is video games. Oh, video games. I love my video games, but Metal Gear Solid is, if I was going to make a Hall of Fame, not a Hall of Fame, a Mount Rushmore of influence that makes up a Salem Monsoon, it would be Tarantino, David Bowie, Jackson Public, Doc Hammer, the guys who made Venture Brothers, and Hideo Kojima who made the Metal Gear Solid series. I love those fucking video games so much. And the main character's named Snake. So he's kind of mixture of James Bond, Snake Plissken, and Rambo. And I'm like, that's the most ultimate badass ever. So he put all of his 80s influences in one fucking video game series. And it's fucking amazing. So shout out to those video games that you probably already played because they're very fucking successful and very popular but so to me this i tried playing one and i couldn't get into it i don't yeah i don't blame you i mean the only one that i would recommend now would be like the latest one because the camera isn't garbage because the camera and all those other ones have they're fucking so old like going back to playing those old resident evil games you're like man how did i do this oh like i don't understand how i was able to play these fucking games in the first place like those games used to they scare did, the shit out of me. But like every like two seconds, like the camera will shift because it's made to, it's meant to be cinematic. So the camera doesn't move. Like it's down the hallway and you're moving, and then it'll quickly fucking change. And you have those shitty controls in the first place. So you're like, I'm getting a fucking headache. I'm about to throw up. This shit is terrible. But yeah. like like from Resident Evil 4, we're not talking about video games. So because that could be a whole podcast. I can't stop talking about. Salem Monsoon, can't stop talking about video games. Coming 2020. <laughs> once I figure out how to edit podcasts and shit. Yeah, because that is that's all you, baby. <laughs> it's all you. <laughs> I've been trying to get on our other podcast, Night of List, I have been trying to do some video games. <laughs> it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen, but that's my dream. But So for me, First Blood has that part in my heart because it inspired a video game series I love. But, I mean, I I just wish... I mean, this is... I'm not going to... I don't know if I consider this movie a masterpiece, but I do think it is... I mean, Kane was perfectly set me up for this. I think it's the great bridge between 70s action and 80s action. It's right there. Because it has so little action in it. Like, when you watch the second one, and especially the third one, which everyone shits on, but I'm like, for action, I mean, 
get rid of the quality of that movie. That movie is just on a technical action level. So much action. The movie is utterly ridiculous. Not very good, but so much action. And then you go watch this and you're like, you're just waiting and you're waiting. And oh man, you oh snare trap sticks. Oh, he threw a rock at a guy. Like it's <laughs> compared to the shit nowadays, or even the movies that came out later. Yeah. You're like, man, this movie is slow. So, but in terms of quality, in terms of character development and acting, because I think Stallone is acting his ass off in this movie. I know it's that scene at the end when he's like talking to Troutman, and he's, oh my guys died on the, they drew for his blood, not me. Like it's easy to make fun of, but. I've seen people break down emotionally. It's not a pleasant experience. It's not, I mean, Stallone is an ugly crier and God bless him for that. Cause I hate movies where people cry and it's like, what is this? What are you doing? Well, and I, I love that he went for it too. Cause how he yeah. could have been a tough guy that was holding back tears and you know, that type of thing that most action guys and that, that we were about to get to, of course, you wouldn't have got you, they weren't going to do it Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't going to do that you know what I mean uh, who, who else there? Jean-Claude Van Damme wasn't you know freaking Chuck Norris wasn't going to do it it's like so what other ones were going to do oh. that type of that type of breakdown and I, I love that he absolutely went for it when he reaches up to pull Troutman down because Troutman doesn't know what to yeah. do with this situation he, he just he you know this isn't his area of expertise. And it's the only guy, you know, it's, it's his only um, lifeline to like humanity. And he reaches up and pulls the guy down and embraces him. And, and I just, I don't know. I thought that was a, a great moment. I, I like the scene at the end you're talking about, but I think there's scenes. I, th I think actually the first, like maybe 10, 12 minutes of the movie are some of the best acting yeah. he's ever done because he's not, he's not talking. Um, when he walks down to the lake and um, finds out that his buddy is dead, just man, what he's able to do, like what he's able to convey with basically no words is just, I just, I don't know. I think that Stallone gets written off. Maybe not so much these days, but there was a good length of his career where he was written off as just a meathead. And I, I think, you know, I probably said this in the review. I might've said it in that, in that Rocky soundtrack review I wrote. Um, I think people really underestimate him. If you, and if you read some of his writing, the dude is, he's not only smart, but like he's, he's emotionally intelligent too. I mean, he, he just not this dull. No, no, I think guy. you're right on the, um, right on there. Cause you have, you know, Rocky and um, even, you know, paradise alley. He, he, he shows a little bit and then you have, you start getting into more of like Sylvester. Like one of the things we've talked about on this is when actors become themselves in movies, like the Christopher Walken effect, mm -hmm. like, at what point is Christopher Walken become, he stopped being an actor who does, he was just Christopher Walken and everything. You know, he was still great in things. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I think he started kind of allowing himself to play in that because you have Rocky two, mm -hmm. Rocky three, first blood. Okay. He, he kind of pulls it back in. And then next thing you know, he's just ripped 
by first blood in Rocky four, where it's just, he's just absolutely shredded. And then it's just keep on going on. Cause then you get Rambo three lockup, tangle and cash, Rocky five. And it just keeps going and going until you get to Copland where it's like, yeah, this guy, yep. this guy still got it. I, it's such, it's such so crazy. What kind of career, you know, going back, it always comes back around to Quentin somehow on our, <laughs> on our uh, episodes here, but what, what kind of career he may have had going off if he had done the Pulp Fiction, the Bruce Willis, the fighter, if he had actually been cast and actually done that, what, what kind of career would he have gone on to? Would he have done more legitimate acting like he did in Copland? That would have been a, an interesting um, swerve to his career. I, I can't blame him for oh, taking yeah. the money, but I, I do, but I, I can't, I can't forgive him for Rambo last stand. <laughs> I, I, there's just no reason to make that movie at that point in his career. And, and there's every reason to make a movie that's closer to Rocky Balboa, like bring that thing back to its origins. You can have action. I mean, the idea, I disagree with you, sailor, the idea that first blood isn't an action movie, maybe by today's standards, but once it picks up, it, it's pretty much an action movie, you know, from about, I don't know, 20 minutes in. Um, but, you know, the, the, the side, I don't know, just at his age, making that movie. Well, let's just remember and, that instead of making a movie that his original idea to end that shit was Rambo was going, he was basically going to do Rambo versus Predator. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, oh, I guess. God. So, Think, just count your blessings that he decided to just rip off Taken instead of doing Rambo and a bunch of mercenaries going after this fucking biological alien or some shit. It was another book or novel he got because he's, I mean, I'm going to get into it, but he's whip smart with come, looking at properties and just doing shit because that's a thing that we I think we forget about of all of the action stars and all of the movie stars that are working. He is one of the only ones that is self-made because he came up with Rocky. That is his. He developed Rambo and he, he turned it into what it was because spoiler alert for the novel, he's supposed to die. That's why Kirk Douglas didn't do the movie because Kirk was mad that he wasn't able to kill Rambo. I mean, so he it's Rambo was basically as much his as the author. I know one of you have the author's name probably written down. I don't have it. I mean, because, yeah, because the these movies were so fucking popular and successful that the author himself brought back Rambo from the dead, like Arthur Conan Doyle did with Sherlock Holmes. He's like, yeah, I got to ride this cash cow to the fucking breaking point, baby. So, and Cobra is what was all of his ideas from Beverly Hills Cop. So he just made Cobra yeah. and shit. Expendables didn't write it, but I think it was a concept of his. That fucking shitty Jason Statham Homefront, I think it's called. That was an old script he had laying around. I mean, he wasn't in it, but he's producing shit. He's writing shit. Like, it's, I mean, yeah. And he has two iconic characters that he, like, Schwarzenegger didn't create Terminator. He didn't create Conan. Harrison Ford didn't create Han Solo. I mean, they obviously helped shape them. But all of the success of Rocky is on Stallone. Honestly, he wrote the fucking yeah. thing. He took the franchise. Yeah. I mean, you could argue whether it went downhill from there. But it. When you've heard the story about how he how he got to like star in it, right? Uh, didn't they? 
Yeah, did they want Warren Beatty or somebody? They wanted somebody big or some shit. Yeah, I, I think I think he was one of them. Um, they didn't want him, and they offered him a, a fair amount of cash for the screenplay at a point in his life when he was basically living mm-hmm. in poverty. At one point, he had hawked his girlfriend's jewelry. She left him. Uh, he was living in a room that was so small. He said you could you could open the window on one side of the room and open the door on the other side of the room. Um, he sold his dog, the dog that's in the movie, Butkus. He sold the dog just to, you know, have, I think, groceries. And, uh, you know, they offered them, they offered him this money, which would, which was a windfall to him back then. I can't remember how much it was, but he said, no, I, I want to star in this. I, I'm, I gotta be the star. And, um, they went back and forth several times. They made several counter offers and they got up to like a ridiculous number for him. I mean, it would have been like, he would have been rich at that point. And he said no. And um, so they came back with a, with a smaller offer and said, fine, you can star in it. We'll give you this much. And, and he did it. And he spent a decent portion of that money on buying his dog back and giving the guy, the guy who he'd bought it, who had bought it from him, uh, giving him a part in the movie. I just think that's such a great story. So yeah, that movie would not, would not have happened if it wasn't for him. Not just, not just the part of it, you know, the seed being in him, but just, it wouldn't have been the no, same. I, don't, I, don't, I think the, it, you know, it was like Sly and Rocky were so intertwined their story kind of like, you know, you're telling that story of just these kind of nothings because he had done some stuff, but he wasn't, he wasn't Sylvester Stallone. He was, you know, he wasn't like you said, um, a Warren Beatty. He's a or thug a, in a Wood uh, to bring back Woody Allen. I think he's a thug in a Woody Allen movie at some point. Like he's, he was bopping around, but yeah, like these were the things. Yeah, wasn't he in a porn? Softcore porn thing. I mean, I think Lords, uh, was it Lords of Flatbush that he was in? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, like he was in some stuff that you know, Machine uh, Death Race two thousand. You know. But it was nothing that was going to stand the test of time. And then, I don't Death remember. Rich, him yeah, in he that. was a machine gun uh, guy. He's the second uh, main character. It's Frankenstein oh. and him. Yeah, he's like riding around with some. I want like I? with a lady or something. He and it's like full blown. Like I'm Italian. This guy. Kinda. He's so. Fu- he's not. My yeah, God, he's not good in it, but he's fun. No, he's yeah. having fun. Well, I mean, like, it's, not, it's really- a fun, like you know, B movie. No. It's crazy. You know, we we could go back and talk about so many of these what ifs. If this person had been this, if in this role or not been in this role, but this is a great one, like you said. It's Sylvester Stallone and Rocky being so connected on basically betting on themselves and kind of winning, you know, in a sense, and it's just crazy, and it just skyrocketed from there. Yeah, it's it's no doubt because of like you said, he um like he put all it he puts it all on the line, baby. Yeah. Because not only is that story to get Rocky made, the best scene in Rocky, in my opinion, is the scene right before the fight when he breaks down to Adrian and he's like, I don't think I'm gonna win, and he starts crying and shit. He had one take to do that. The director's like he had to fight the director. He's like, I need to put this in the fucking movie. This is going in the movie. So they took like, I, it might've been like the last day of shooting or the last day of shooting of that day or some shit. Like directors, like you have 10 minutes and he like 
literally it, it was like he flipped this hourglass and he's like you're on the fucking clock Stallone <laughs> like if you fuck up when I'm cut print whatever like I'm not putting in the movie so Stallone had a fight for wow. that scene which is Robert Ryan wouldn't have fought for that scene Robert Redford wouldn't have given the shit you know like Stallone knew what mm-hmm. the fuck he wrote and he was like I'm gonna make it the best movie possible and I think with all of these franchises what you can say is that the first one is unquestionably a film. First yeah. Blood is a film. Right. The rest are movies. And they're mm-hmm. entertaining movies. Yeah. But this is a fucking film. And yeah, yeah it's a good distinction. And it's because of this, that's why Roger Ebert made a lot of um, not bold proclamations, I guess. Like he predicted that Scorsese was going to be something based off of the one sh- movie he saw. Like, guess who's that knocking at my door or some shit, like 1967. Like, immediately he recognized Scorsese's brilliance. Mm-hmm. And one that he got shit for for the longest time was that he predicted that Stallone would be the next Marlon Brando based off just Rocky and Rambo. Now, it didn't really pan mm-hmm. out for him, but you can see what he is seeing based on his performances mm-hmm. in these movies. Yeah, he went on to do all of those. Mm-hmm. Be- to become the second most Razzie-nominated actor be- behind Adam <laughs> Sandler, like, yeah, his his career kind of took a downturn. But if, you, if he kept continuing to write the shit that he was in, because you can't even say that he got lucky. He did it time and time and time again. Like, Cobra is fun. It's not as good as these. But it's another iconic character he has in this world. Not maybe not iconic, but it's like right underneath iconic in terms of '80s popularity. I'm actually surprised he didn't spin that off into a fucking series. Oh, I would love to see that. What I, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying. Go back. Say he still does Rocky. Say he still does First Blood, but they don't become franchises. Does he go on to do? movies like over the top tang on cash locked up you know that type of stuff or does he yeah over the top yeah over the top did you say yeah. over the top you said yeah do you, does okay. he go on to do those type of movies or does he still is he still doing the rockies and the you know doing more films like we just talked about like sailor just pointed out does he continue to do films instead of franchises and the next big paycheck thing and that's that's a, that's crazy so it's like could he have been the next Marlon Brando if Rocky doesn't blow up and First Blood doesn't blow up into these massive, you know, 80s franchises? Yeah, in some in some ways his career is a victim of it. Yeah. Of its own it took success. him so long, like we like I said earlier, it took him so long to get back to a cop land where he was actually mm. acting. I think he did some he does some good stuff. Like Daylight's one of my I, I love Daylight, and I think it gets overlooked on some of his acting and stuff that he does there because yeah, you know, cliffhanger. cliffhanger. Like I think there's moments, but it just, you know, there's moments, but then there's stop or my mom will shoot Oscar. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like man. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't <laughs> do not shit on Oscar in my presence, my friend. Oh, don't even start. I love me some Oscar. Oh, if Marissa told me should have got an Oscar for anything, should have been awesome. I fucking love Oscar. Stop. Now, will did. I defend stop or my mom will shoot? You're out of your fucking mind. Will I defend Rhinestone, one of the worst movies I've ever fucking seen? If you ever want to get close enough to death without dying, put on the song that he sings in that fucking thing on YouTube. Type in Drunkenstein. Drunkenstein. You will want. You will want the sweet release of death. 
you will fucking beg for the Grim Reaper to scythe you to the fucking pearly gates. Like it is, how did that get made? I don't understand. I don't know what, what deal with the devil and Dolly Parton. What a waste of that angel on earth. She doesn't deserve that. Stallone at that point in his career was just like, whatever I'll do, whatever. This I wonder how much he probably, got, he probably got paid a ton. For he got that. paid out the fucking ass. Yeah. Cause that's what he did. He heard, oh, was Schwarzenegger interested in this? Then I'll do it. <laughs> Which Schwarzenegger said he did. That might have that might have made more sense for Schwarzenegger to have done Rhinestone than Sly, but ne- neither here nor it, there. It doesn't make sense for anyone to do whatever. <laughs> it's the worst. Do not look this movie up, kiddies, if you haven't fucking seen it, because it is. We go listen to our whenever we release our nine to five episode. And we make, yeah, we talk. We, we talk, talk about it. We talk about it on there. Yes, we get into the creepiness factor of it. Where do y'all land on lock? I I like it. It's it's not one that I return. Like I watch it every so often. I remember watching it a little bit, like when I was younger, because I used to I used to love the um, the football scene in it uh, with. Um, I always mm-hmm. call him. He's always Billy to me. I mean, he's always. Um, I lost his name, Sonny Landham. Um, he's always Billy to me. Um, you know, um, yep, yep, yeah, from yep, Predator, yep, from Predator. You know, but I love, but it had and, Tom Sizemore, uh, John Amos. I mean, you're going down the line of some of the like my, my favorite from that time uh, type of actors and stuff. So yeah, and you know, and I think he always kind of it felt like yeah, Dan yeah, he, he always felt like Sylvester. I even though he he did go down the franchise action. Taken, I think there was when he could put emotion or try to, he did. He wasn't just a one one note guy. This is one of those lockup where he could have just been just okay. I'm going to be Rocky or I'm going to be Rambo, but in a prison. And I think he tried to add some um, some action, some acting to it. Yeah, there's definitely. I I think he's got. I think he's got limits to what Mm -hmm. he can do. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to explain. Like there's roles that you definitely couldn't see him doing, but he's in terms of being able to express emotions, the guy, the guy definitely has strong shots. I think he knows how to play to his strengths. Mm -hmm. I think he's, yeah, for sure. I think he's better than Keanu Reeves, but he reminds me of Keanu Reeves in the same way where Keanu Reeves knows when he, he, he's, he knows the deficiencies of his talents because he's not limitless in his abilities. But if you want him to be comedic in something, he can be. And if you want him to be action-packed, he can be. If you want him to like really act, it's going to be a bit dicey because sometimes it's not the best. But, I mean, sometimes you got to take the chance on Keanu Reeves because like um, The Gift, I never would have cast Keanu Reeves in that role. He's fucking great. I never would have cast Sylvester Stallone in Copland. And I think it's one of the all-time greatest performances ever. Like, full stop. Me and Kane will never stop talking about the performance. I'm amazed (laughs) we haven't covered that movie yet. Oh, we'll get there someday. I'm with you. It's fantastic. I just recently rewatched it because I was like, oh, my gosh, I just love this movie so much. I bet Roger Ebert was fucking just doing cartwheels. Like, he's like, I told you, motherfuckers. I told you he was one of the best. I told you. (laughs) And then immediately after that, what does he do? Like, Spy Kids 3 or some shit? You're like, god damn it. God damn it. Yeah. Like, pants and... 
Yes. Get Carter. No, he does get Carter pretty close after that's, that. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, and that's also terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Even Mickey Rourke. Well, wait, wasn't. Wasn't. Who was in. Was Woody Allen was in Ants, too, wasn't he? <laughs> Probably. So, I mean, at least he had yeah, good company. That's true. But, this podcast will <laughs> never get away from Woody Allen. <laughs> the director we will never cover never. ever. No, he comes up in like never. every episode. Yes, now. he's the worst. But uh, do we, <laughs> y'all have anything else uh, left to talk about First Blood? It's great. Pull it back in. Um, <laughs> I, I'm very, I'm very torn on on his the ending. Um, I'm pretty married to it in terms of like you know look i mean i grew up with this movie so it it would be hard to see it with him dying at the end but i think that would have been one hell of an ending do you think this movie would be higher highly regarded or better regarded if he died would we I think it would have been. I think it would have would have made the events of um, the film more impactful. I agree with Kirk Douglas. His ass needed to die. I under, I also agree with Stallone, where he's like, "Yeah, but <laughs> like I get that that but dot dot." Well, we dot, don't have I, Rocky. Or we don't. We don't have uh, part two, part three. Part I fucking <laughs> love part two. I know Dogman doesn't, but I fucking love part two a lot. Like I'm trying not to talk about. It's it the silliest of silly. Like, like I said. I loved it as, you know, eight-year-old Kane sitting there, with, like you said, with my, you know, torn, you know, freaking bandana wrapped around my head and bought the little glow-in-the-dark necklace and my play little Rambo knife where I can, you know, I could hide, I could take off the little top and hide my little, uh, the uh, candy cigarettes or something in there and that kind of stuff. And yeah, I... I'm barely older than you, you fucker. <laughs> you know, <laughs> watching that. And, you know, and I just, I love it. But watching it now, it's like. You cannot tell me, like, an explosive arrow isn't the coolest fucking No, that's ever. what I mean. Like, it was, it was, it's like, it's bubblegum for children. I don't know how adults in the 80s took it serious. Because now it's hard. Like I said. Hmm. T- take the part where he the guy he's hunting down one by one these um i think it was the russians right yeah uh, yeah because it because it was just the russian group that was coming after him and he's covered in mud and he knows how to open his eyes at the right time and kill this guy and it wasn't like his first kill so he had killed like five or six other people and then covers himself completely in mud and kills this guy what if that guy never walks by there like what it you know what I mean? <laughs> what film two. was that? Yeah, where he's in the jungle I mean, it's killing even worse everybody. Than the third, it's even worse than the third one where he's like, it's it's literally I'm gonna put myself in this place. Guy walks by, kills him, and then he somehow transports, like teleports to another <laughs> location, does it again. You're like, he's in the water and he like pops out at the right time. <laughs> like he's underwater, he pops out at the right time, shoots the guy, and is gone. One, how long are you under there that how w- without breathing, or how are you able to do that with them walking by and then have that no when that guy comes by at the perfect time to shoot him and nobody else be around to see you and shoot at you? Yeah. I mean, to be <laughs> this reminds me of this reminds me of yes. ninja movies and my dad being my dad being like, 
there's no way any of this is possible. And I'm like, dad, no, they're, they, they know martial arts. This is different. They are in Asia. They, 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 it's different. Like they know stuff we don't know. And then I remember, and then I remember like going to the city, uh, you know, some, some trip to the city and we went to the mall and I'm in the bookstore and I'm, and I'm like in the martial arts books section, you know, and I'm looking through and I find this book on ninja stuff. And I'm like, you see here, dad, right here. It shows how they, how they train. (laughs) It's real. (laughs) And he's like, he's like, yeah. It's like, it's like like my, my dad telling me that wrestling wasn't real when I was in the, you know, as a kid either. So I get it. We've all been there. So um anybody if y'all got anything else to add so oh okay on the on the ending i didn't weigh in on that i i know that he was he died in the book right mm-hmm. all right and uh, yeah from my understanding I yeah i don't know if i like him dying like when does he like when does he die and how does he die like that that's to me in my mind like i don't care how the book i mean that's why i'm trying to think they... it in the movie like how does that work because who would who who killed who killed him in the book i believe it's troutman if you want a like a yeah, closer so. approximation to the book, it's Hunted, that movie that came out in like 2002 with Tommy Lee Jones and Benicio del Toro. Oh, yeah. That's kind of closer to First Blood as a book because it's a fucking guy who snaps. Because that's what the book is essentially about. It's like a man being broken down into a killing machine. And then what do you do with the killing machine when there's no one left to kill? He's thrown out into the world. Some other asshole, which is never explained in the movie, but the sheriff is also a veteran mm-hmm. from the Korean War. Korean yeah, War. Korean. And Korean he's War. fucking mad because no one remembers that war, and everyone's like sucking the dick of all these Vietnam vets. And he's like, I'm just going to fuck with this guy. And he snaps, and then Troutman's like, they bring in Troutman because he's like the only one that can get him. So if you don't kill out, that- if you don't kill Rambo, though, Troutman kind of becomes irrelevant because it's like, what purpose does he serve? Like, I don't really understand what purpose he serves. I mean, he helps trying to get him, but I think Kirk Douglas is right. I'm again, I'm like torn because again, I don't get the franchise if this one is by itself. Well, if I mean, if, if Troutman's not there at the end, does he kill the sheriff and go full blown? Because, like I said. Because he, you, we talked about how many people he killed. So it was like, okay, well, one could have been okay. He's an accident, and then it's like, okay, well, if he kills the sheriff, he's never he, you know, get he's. Well, I don't know about where he was at, and in, in, it was Washington, right? And I don't know if they have the death penalty, but if you kill the sheriff, you're done. So does that does Troutman keep him from going completely over the edge as well? If he kills the sheriff? No, that's what I'm saying. Like if Troutman Troutman was there at the end. If Troutman's not there at the end, does that keep him from going overboard? Because it was almost well, like movie, he was ready to go on the hunt too, and he yeah. kind of he kind of keeps that from happening. I mean, I I wish I would have done a little bit more research on this because I read the book a long fucking time ago, like a long long time ago. The re- the book Rambo is, from what I remember, a lot different than movie Rambo because yeah. in the movies he it's. It's an anti-war yeah, book. He's really trying not to kill people. Yeah. In in the movies, in the books, it's like once he snaps, it's done. Like you can't flip the switch back. Like it's a Frankenstein's monster. Once you fucking make it, it's done. It's out the in the world. Now you gotta fucking go cre- smash the damn thing. Yeah. Um again, it's I'll uh, oh go ahead. So 
Well, there's two things related to this. One of them might come up later, but um, I can't decide if I want Dennehy to be more sympathetic or not. But he's he's rewatching the movie over the years. He's the one thing that I have difficulty with. There's a couple things that I have difficulty with in the movie that I would that I would say are my criticisms. But that's one of them. He's he's just such a um, uh, I don't know, such a, he's not a cardboard villain. He's given some, some pathos, but I, I think that bringing in that part of his character from the book about him being a vet and having these ideas about what a vet should be and how he should behave and conduct himself. And then maybe also how he perceived his war versus the legitimacy of Rambo's war, something, anything I think could have humanized him a little bit more and made it a little more interesting and one line of dialogue could have like a trapman could have like saw right through him and like like broke him down yep. and be like i know who the fuck you are i know what you're doing you're like he could have like broken down and then you could have saw like because denny he could sell anything because he's an amazing actor like you could see him like cower a little bit because you can tell that he's a man who's fucked up not like fucked up mentally, but he like fucked up. He went over the edge, but he can't apologize. He he's one of those guys that just has to dig in deeper, right. and he knows he's digging in oh, deeper. Yeah. He's gonna make it worse for himself. He just can't help it. But he is at like there is a turning point where he is actually trying to do the right thing, kind of. But he just can't like just say I fucked up. Sorry, like he can't do that. Like, yeah. he just can't do it. Right. So he's just digging in deeper like a fucking tick. And I'm... No, I... Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I, I read something recently. It's some, some studies that are talking about how, yeah, we, just we as people, that's, we're, like, we're more inclined to just dig in, dig our heels in when we're shown mm-hmm. to be wrong we're just more, we're more inclined to dig in and instead of saying, Oh man, I, you know, I was wrong about that. I mean, but if you think about that case, you know, a pretty good friend of his is splattered all over the rocks. He doesn't know really how it happened. You know, he's not going to reverse course at that point. Plus he's going to be culpable for that because he escalated the damn situation in the first place. Yeah. It's like, he's just constantly trying to fix it. Yeah. He's constantly trying to fix it, but knowing that he's wrong at the same time. Cause I think, like you said, then he sells it without saying it. Like you could see it when he's in like the tent and they're talking, he's just like, you could almost see Dennehy's face and like, kind of like I picture kind of like the comic book little bubble of like, Oh shit, what have I done? But I can't fix it now. And I just yeah. gotta, like you said, dig in yep. a little deeper. Cause I remember watching that even like being young, being like, why does he have a problem with this guy? Because it's never because all I remember from Vietnam movies was everybody hated Vietnam soldiers. Like that's all I remember from eighties mm-hmm. watching um, war movies that had anything to do with Vietnam was everybody just hate him. So I was just like, oh, he's just he's a Vietnam soldier, so he just people hate him for whatever reason. And I, you know, as a kid, not understanding. So that's all I took from it. But yeah, having if there would have been like you said one line or a little bit of backstory of why he started this instigated this situation with rambo to begin with it was just kind of it kind of left you kind of like eh, that is kind of a flaw to me it's not even clear that he he thinks 
Rambo is a legitimate soldier. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, maybe I'm reading too much into this with my bias, but to me, it seems like he thinks he's just, just, he a just drifting a hippie, like a, a, yeah. a left, a, yeah, a leftover hippie from the previous decade. And, you know, they're in a small town and he doesn't want any lefty hippie malcontents, yeah. you know, hanging around, messing things up. I, I could be wrong. I, I mean, can maybe, see that. maybe that's just misread, but he does say something at, at some point in the movie about, you know, not wanting drifters, but no, yeah, no, yeah. I, I can see that, but all right. All right, doll baby. What do you, what do you rate this as? Ooh, um, I'm, I, I got, I actually plus. am going to go with a minus. I, I think that like, kind of that there, that's, that's always been a stick, um, kind of stick in my crawl type of thing. I, I think that there are some, some things that could have done, uh, been a little bit more drawn out. Like we've been talking about with this. Uh, I, I think that there's, there's a lot of great here. And I think it, like I said, it bridges, it bridges that gap. Like we talked about from the seventies action to this, the new era eighties action, and I mean, I could maybe go a, I, I just don't think it's a perfect film. I think the gravity of it helps it. Uh, so I think, I, I think I'm going to stick with a minus. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I think if he, I can't give this an a plus because I do think that him dying is the better ending. I do think that's the case, but it's like nightmare on Elm street where I do think that if there was no sequels to that, if that was a standalone we would be talking about that as one of the great movies. Like, again, not horror, just one of the great movies, period. But because of the sequels diluted the brand, then that's all you see is just jokey Freddy Krueger and shit. So I I think maybe the sequels of this have detracted from its greatness. And I think if you just cut that fucking umbilical cord to them, but again, I really like those sequels, so it's very hard. I also, again, I have a problem with the sheriff. I, I not with his performance. Then he's amazing. He's a beast. Rest, rest in peace. I think he died recently, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I love that guy. Um, I got it. Yeah, I got to go A minus. I almost went B plus, but I'm like, that's ridiculous. No, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's definitely ridiculous. it's definitely an A, and I can definitely I can hear an argument for it being A plus. I just think it's there's just a couple of things. It's just like okay, I could have I could have liked this a little bit better. This, like you said, you know, I don't know if I agree with him having to die at the end, but yeah, I definitely think it's um, it's definitely up there, and it's definitely one of the better, you know, elevated or whatever kind of different type of action film. Yeah, and I don't I don't really disagree. Obviously, I don't disagree with y'all. I just my my bias won't let me rate it lower right. than A plus. Yeah. Which in my and you know and my bias would be, you know, for like part two is like how silly it is, but how much I love it, I would I would probably rate it higher than what I should type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that's an A plus. And I, I got I got a, I got to follow up to Sailor. I think I think uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is pretty freaking hilarious. I, I don't I don't see where you get that Freddy Krueger became. I think he. <laughs> This idea that he became more jokey. I mean, he's hilarious. But it's like a, one. but Come it's on. like a, it's such a dark hilarity to it that it's, it, it wasn't like he was trying to be, he was like trying to scare you with his wit and his comedy as opposed to, I'm trying to make you laugh with my. Yeah. After the second one, he stops even attempting to be scary. Yeah. 
Like when he's coming down that alleyway right. and his arms are outstretched, he might have a joke after that. I don't remember, but that is a fucking scary scene. Two movies after that, he, he smashes a girl's head into a TV and he's like, well, when prime time, bitch. And I'm like, there's always a punchline after every yeah. kill. And you're like, so you're not even, we're not even going to attempt. Yeah. We're not <laughs> even going to attempt yeah. that scare or some ambiance or. Well, you're you're my horror better, so I'll I'll uh, I'll defer to y'all. All right, judging. let's get into our picks. Finally, all right, we are going to start off with the director. Uh, we didn't really talk about uh, Mr. Uh, Ted Kotcheff. Is that how you say his last name? Mm-hmm. That's how I'm going to say it. Again, we don't do names mm-hmm. on Total Recast. You know, we were talking did he about immediately follow this up with a fucking Rambo ripoff. Uh, he did Uncommon Valor with uh, His Patrick Swayze. This movie is a fucking yeah. Gene Hackman as Rambo. I, did, oh. I do want to talk about his yeah his career because you know we were talking about Australian movies and um, he did Wake and Fright, which is yes. Australian, and it feels like it's on the brink of like a post-apocalyptic world even though it's not but he he had some some movies that i was very surprised i didn't realize he did north dallas 40 i love north dallas 40 one it's a it's a football movie with nick freaking nolte but it was about the you know kind of like the kind of like an unwritten biography of the cowboys back in the uh, 70s and all that mm-hmm. and then of course first blood um and any kind of, and then of course then uncommon valor yeah i think it it has patrick swayze and gene hackman, gene hackman that's who it was it was one of those fred yeah Ward it's the same guys. fucking movie yeah. i i had no idea that he directed it i knew it came out like right after this it was like the I'm next like, year 83 yeah i was like jesus ted you just made this movie <laughs> and You're then doing of, it again and then of course he did weekend at bernie's <laughs> <laughs> okay, as long as we're drawing comparisons before we get into this, I, I'm surprised that no one has mentioned the similarities between the great Walter Hill, Hill movie, Southern Comfort, and First Blood. I mean, the, uh, the, I, he I mean, has for, gone on record and, say, has, and has said multiple times that it's not about Vietnam, but I'm going to say, Walter, come on. Like how how is this how is Southern Comfort not about Vietnam? You're out of your fucking. I don't even get a care if he's being like legit. Like that wasn't his intention. But it's like I'm sorry, you made a movie about Vietnam. It's about Vietnam. Um, the, I think the difference is, I mean, because uh, to me that's in a that's in the deliverance category where it's a bunch of guys. So I mean, I do like Southern Comfort a lot. I think. Oh, which Carradine is that and that? Uh, the other one. I think he's really good. I always David, mix up my Keith. Garrett's. I don't know. Uh, Keith. Keith. It's Keith. Keith. Yeah. It's Keith. I haven't Keith seen Garrett. Southern Comfort yeah. yet. That's one that's been on my watch list for a oh, while. Oh, man. That's a really good one. That's the second. I'll get around to it. It's uh, I mean, First Blood could be directed by Walter Hill, oh, no. man. I mean, it's, it's, there, there's so many parallels. Um, to both of those movies, it's it's once I once I thought of that, I couldn't get out of my I mean, head. I can see that. Yeah, it's oh, a Walter Hill. I mean, he oh, did. The director. I know. He let's, did. let's just jump right into who my director is. Spoiler alert. Are no, you, I'm joking. Oh, I was like, you motherfucker, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Gotcha. All right. So now, um, so my director, of course, I want I want to return back to the story the film that we got 
back in uh, 1982. So I think you need, uh, I'm going with a, dir a director here who's also an extremely good writer because I, I would love, I, I think when there's really good writer directors, they understand the whole process and it's their baby. And, and this one might be on like the obvious or right on the nose. And I don't really care about it because I absolutely like, he hasn't directed as much as he's written, but I'm going with Taylor Sheridan. I think he absolutely would murder this. Oh, film. damn. He was on, he was on my list. I think, mm -hmm. you know, um, his, his writing with Sicario and hell or high water wind river, uh, even those who wish me dead, I thought it was at least written well. I didn't enjoy the movie that great, greatly, but it was entertaining enough. And then I absolutely love, I just finished Yellowstone. I absolutely love Yellowstone, even though it's pretty melodramatic, but he knows how to hit, but he knows how Very. to hit the emotional notes in every movie that he's done. And no doubt. Directing Versus. Wind River, I absolutely love that movie. Like it, it really, I was kind of, blown away by how much I really enjoyed that movie. And it, I think that he knows how to build tension because I think if you're not going to make an action movie, which yeah, you know, it's going to have action in it, of course, but if you're not going to make a straight up, you know, fast 12 John Wick action movie that we're getting now, nowadays or an MCU type of thing, you want all this kind of tension that builds and builds and builds. And that's exactly what you would want here. And I think Taylor Sheridan just absolutely murders this. Uh, and I'd love to see him work with some of the guys that I, that I cast. So that's my pick. Taylor Sheridan. I love me some Taylor Sheridan. That's, that's the exact. Taylor, right, uh, you're next, sir. Am I next? You're next. So I went through all the obvious ones. Well, obvious to me because my brain works differently. Because the the main thing was I don't give. <laughs> oh, we know. I didn't give a shit about action. That was not a prerequisite. Like I did not think about action. I thought of broken, wounded people. So mm -hmm. I immediately thought of Lynn Ramsey because of the movies that she makes. Yeah. Then I thought of broken, wounded people in the forest. So then my mind went to Deborah Granick, who made Leave No Trace. Then I thought of journeyman directors like Ted Kotcheff, um, which led me to James Mangold, who did Copland. I'm like, let's let's see him work his magic again because I love. I mean, he's hit or miss, but man, when he hits, he's. I like Ford v Ferrari. I like Wol um, his Wolverine movie. Well, he made two of them. Logan, I like the movies he makes. Um, so, I, but then I was leaning on like two different polar opposites because I'm like. Wounded person in the jungle. I mean, it's the woods, but let's just pretend it's jungle. Um, so I'm like, ah, look. so it was a tie between Robert Eggers and I eventually went with my pick, Panos Cosmatos. Ooh, okay. He, he made Beyond the Black Rainbow and man. Yeah. Now, when I say Panos mm. Cosmatos making a First Blood movie, your mind first goes, oh, that's going to be psychedelic and weird. <laughs> and you're not going to be wrong because that's kind of what I want. I want to see, I want most of this movie to be in the woods. Once Rambo's in the woods, he doesn't leave. He's going to be in those woods. There's not going to be that third act at the car dealership or some shit and there's cars blowing up and shit. No. Once he's in the woods, he's dug in there. You can't get him out. 
So that's why you have to bring in Troutman. Now, since Rambo in this version, you have to disassociate what you know of Rambo, which is red bandana, big machine gun, explosive arrows, nothing but testosterone and steroids. Get that out of here. This is a broken individual who's just trying not to kill, but he's also leaving the fuck alone or he's going to put a knife to your fucking throat. So how do I show that breakdown of his psyche? Well, the easiest way to do that is either have, you know, voiceover narration, like have his own inner monologues going, boring, I don't need that shit. What I do need is maybe some clever edits and film trickery, which Panos is very good at. He's very good at imagery and shit. So maybe he doesn't know he's not in the woods anymore. Maybe he thinks he's back in fucking Vietnam because the movie at the beginning when they're torturing him, which they're fucking Mm -hmm. torturing him. His mind is going back to the point where he was tortured in Vietnam. So I want more of that shit, but I want it in camera. Like I want the woods to slowly Mm. transition into Vietnam. And his mind is fucking breaking. Yeah. No, that'd be weird. I want something weird. I know what other fucking first bloods would look like. I want a fucking panels Cosmatos first blood. I don't know what the fuck that's gonna look like, and it gets me excited. And that's what I want to go to the movies for. I want excitement. I, I don't. If you say panels Cosmatos, I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what kind of movie that is, and that's why I'm picking them. I want the the weird psychedelic nightmare imagery of a man breaking down. I mean, he got a great performance at Nicolas Cage, so I want that kind of thing where he's break he breaks down in the bathroom for like two and a half minutes. And I mean, some people laugh at it, but I'm like, again, like Stallone, he's putting it all on the line. Yeah. You can laugh yeah. at him. It's easy to do, but at the end of the day, he's making a personal story about a man trying to find his woman. This movie is not about a man trying to, but it's about a man. And I would also, not, not a love story between Troutman and Rambo, obviously, but like there is a connection. He is the one who trained Rambo and he is the one who is ultimately going to have to kill this person. So I want without, maybe maybe with quick flashbacks, maybe not, I don't know, but I want something there where you feel that relationship where I have to go do this thing. I don't want to do this, but I have to do it. And I think Panos could do it. So that's why I'm picking Mr. Cosmo. That, that's that's interesting. It's either going to be really good or really bad in my mind. It's going to be one of those because if he yeah. nails it, like, no, because the moment you started talking about it, I'm like, okay, I'm picturing, you know, Beyond the Black Rainbow is not good, but it's the imagery is amazing and the soundtrack is amazing. The top notch, both of those. And then you go to Mandy, which is a lot better than Black Rainbow. And I could see, yeah, Rambo in there when you have the National Guard or the the local cops coming after him and he, he sees Charlie. You know what I mean? He sees Charlie with – or he sees his old friends that are all dead with blood all over their face. You know, that kind of – something that's just kind of these quick images that kind of – he's snapping in and out of reality. So, I, I mean, I could I, – I would watch it. You you got my money, sir. I don't even know who the rest of your cast is, but you've already got my I'm money. I'm going big, baby. Right. Other than – I think it's a win-win – it's a win-win scenario for the three of us because I think, and I think, you know, Sailor is definitely like this, but a most real, well, I don't want to say real film fans, most like hardcore film fans are like this. If a movie is really good, we'll like it. 
if a movie is really bad, there's a chance we'll <laughs> like it. But if it's just somewhere in the middle, eh. Because there's nothing worse than, uh, I don't know sports terminology, when you just hit the, what is it, a bunt? So it's just to get on a fucking yeah. base? There's nothing worse than that, and that's 90% of the movies today. It's just a bunt. Yeah. That's most of Marvel. And I love the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. There's just bunts to get you to the next one. I'm thinking of like the, the running game. I, I used to, that's why I was probably an Oilers fan back in the day. Cause they were, they were a passing team. Like running game. Running game. The hell defense, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I'm, yeah. I don't know if the statistic is true or if it ever was true, but at, at, at a time from what I've heard, Babe Ruth was the leading man in home runs and the leading man in strikeouts for a while. Yeah. Every time he went to bat, he swung that bat as hard as he fucking could. I mean, period. So he's either going to knock it out of the park or he's going to fucking fall on his ass like a fat. He was the, Nick, the Nick Cage of baseball. And that's that's why I love Nicolas Cage is because he swings the bat. Manos Cosmatos, say what you will. He's going to oh, swing man. that bat, baby. He ain't gonna that's give true. No, that's true. He ain't going to bunt. I mean, I don't like Beyond the Black Rainbow either, but what he was able to do with the amount of money, because it was made for peanuts, it's really fucking impressive. And it's you don't stop shit. thinking about it. Like, that's one of those movies that if you, if you don't like it, you it still pops up in your mind from time to time. Or at least it does me. Like There's the imagery there. Never, you know what I mean? Like those, that type of movie. I, I, can't, I can't put my finger on it. It's not good, but you mention it. Or I can, or, or I see something about it, man. I can, I can picture that movie for heart, you know, in a second. Other movies, you say, oh yeah, such and such movie from two thousand eight. What, what movie are you talking about? But man, if you've seen Black Rainbow, Beyond Black Rainbow, you know exactly what movie it was, whether you liked it or not. Yeah, those are my kind of movies. The ones that, even if I didn't like it a lot, the ones that I'll just randomly think of, mm-hmm. just for no reason at all. Um, the ones that stick with you, I, I just, that's, that's, that's probably my main motivation for watching movies at this point is this, I like those ones that just give you something. The ones that are empty calories, just, I don't know. I can right. do without them exactly. at this point. So, all right, doll baby. Who's your director? I'm eager. Well, well, I, I like both of y'all's reasoning to be honest. And, and I, I kind of chose mine for the reasons both of y'all gave um, as far as the Taylor Sheridan, the, the, the ability to build tension over the course of the film and have it, you know, kind of erupt at the end, um, even though there's going to be action throughout. Um, but then also the ability to focus on this character, the fact that he's broken, you know, what's going on inside of him. So, um, like I said, I, I had a list of three and, and this was probably my shortest, uh, my shortest list uh, was my director list. And I had Taylor Sheridan, I had Jeff Nichols, and then uh, my choice uh, are the Safety brothers. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> All right. I just think, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see them in the woods because they've done urban um, but they definitely know how to build tension. They know how to do a chase movie. And, and First Blood is a chase movie. You know, from, like I said, from about 15 minutes in, it's just, it's a lot of chasing, a lot of pursuing. Um, and especially in good time, 
you see this character just continue to fuck himself over and over over again, again. you know, Pattinson, you know, and, and he's not, he's not a bad guy. Uh, You know, he's, you know, has he done, has he done wrong? Sure. But he's not a bad guy. His motivations are, are fairly pure. Um, But that movie manages to make you see, I don't know, a different side of the Pattinson character while it's just running at full bore. And the ability to do that to me is just, uh, uh, you know, as an aspiring storyteller is just astounding. Like you're, you're running this thing at a breakneck pace and yet you're able to like get me into this guy's head and, and, and make me understand him. So to me, once I thought of these guys, I couldn't think yeah. of anybody else for the so nobody. The so you just your plan is nobody because these movies, all their people are awful. <laughs> and the good time and uncut gems is like they have the worst people in every single role. Like you don't like anybody in their movies. So is that is that your goal? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think I don't. No, I don't. I don't think Pattinson is a bad. I don't think he's Doesn't a bad he guy. Have sex with a almost underage girl just to use her to get like. He's not great. He's not yeah, great. No, he's not great. But 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 come on, you you got you I'm can rooted, see it, right? I mean, he, I will they know say I'm to, rooting. For they know him how to work with because bad. I want to see how far he's going to dig himself into this hole. But no, it's here's the thing. This is a great pick. Um, oh yeah. I don't know if I can handle a two and a half hour Rambo in the woods heart attack because that's what their movies feel like is like a slow noose around my neck. And I'm like, uh, uh. they were yeah. attached for a while to do a 48 hours remake. And I was like, man, I'm, yeah, that I wanted would be that amazing. so fucking bad. Yeah. Cause I, they had Jay, they had somebody from Saturday night live. I think it was Jay Farrow. And I would have put money on Michael Rooker. I'm not Michael Rooker, Michael Shannon and the Nick Nolte. Cause how can you not? Get a racist cop. You got to get Michael <laughs> Shannon because he's really good at that. So it it bums me out that they. I think it, what they originally were going to do was just evolved into something else, and I think they're just going to make that instead, which is probably the better way to go about it. But yeah, yeah I'm. I mean, I'm going to. I'm not saying I'm going to reserve judgment because they're already one of my favorite directing pairs. I'm just interested now to see what your cast is. Cause I'm like, I don't know how to visualize this now without the cast. Yeah. I really, I can't cause it could be anyone. And I'm like, I don't know where this is going. Cause it's well, I, yeah. My movie is yeah. kind of a Frankenstein good, Like with good time, you know, I, I know, you know, we, we love our, uh, our baby, our Pat. We, we talk about his career choices and stuff. But, you know, going I, a good time is a movie I love. I really do love that movie. Uncut Gems is a movie that I don't like, but I love it. If that makes sense, <laughs> yeah, you know what does. I mean. Like I don't like any. Like I've I, used it's that so same annoying. descriptor on so many exes. <laughs> don't love them. I mean, don't like them, but I love them. Yeah, I, it's like because I see, I see how great they are and how they're going to be. I see what they did with all of the like everybody in that movie. It didn't. It doesn't make sense why Adam Sandler works or freaking um oh god I, I just lost his name um kevin garnett the basketball player how he works you know it's like all these people is like how does this how do they make and it just they make it all work somehow but at the same time it's like 
man, this movie's freaking annoying as hell, but I love it. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's it's a weird way that they have it. So I would be really interested to see. Like, that's another, that's one of those, you you, you have them in front of a movie you've already sold me. So I, you've already bought, I've already bought your ticket to this movie. All right, on to Galt. So we kind of talked off air while our we the last couple of weeks that we've been trying to get this episode done about who we, who we would, cast here and you know we we have to limit it we can't recast the whole movie we talked about either galt who is the uh played by jack starrett um who's kind of the bully guy who basically is torturing and beating uh rambo while he's uh, when he's in jail and they're getting them all cleaned up and all that kind of stuff you're just giving an extremely hard time well we talked about the david caruso character mitch who is kind of like the voice of reason and all of this or kind of, he's also kind of the tattle, the tattletale mm-hmm. guy at the same time, uh, you know, is like, Oh, well, Galt beat them half to death and all that kind of stuff is like, yeah, you know he what I mean? No, though. yeah, he's, he's doing it. He's doing a good job, but you know, I don't think Mitch is that rem- he's not remembered that well. If it's not David Caruso, like if it's anybody else in that role, nobody like any other kind of no name guy who's in all these other kind of well, in, ones in my to be cl- to be fair, I thought I conflated the two. Like I thought they yeah. were the same character. So I was like, once you brought up that guy, I was like, oh, oh. Then I, then I couldn't re- really remember what David Caruso did. Yeah. I just knew he was in it. And when you told me he wasn't a piece of shit in this, I was like, what? Yeah, I think you were right to to keep it at these. It's funny because it's there's not really that much. It's it's a pretty right. It's, it's pretty, pretty much Rambo. Movie. Teasel and Troutman. I think Galt is kind of the he's yeah, Teasel kind of instigates this, but if Galt doesn't do what he does, then Rambo's probably just fingerprinted, put in prison or put, you know, put in jail over the night and he's probably, you know, gone the next few days. You know, Galt yeah. kind of he's yep. the one who escalates it even further and breaks Rambo because that's when he starts getting they spray him down with the hose and they hold him up and they bring out the yeah. laser, all that stuff. So he's kind of the catalyst, I guess you could say, for him going uh going AWOL in a sense. So played by Jack Starrett. I don't know. There's not much. He he actually got poor guy died at 52. So he didn't die much. He was like seven years after this movie. Um, I, all I, I think this is probably his most famous thing that he did. Is in, in my, I know he was in Blazing Saddles, but I don't remember him from it. He actually directed uh, so quite a few movies. He did direct Race with the Devil, there, Sailor. We talked about that on Night of the List, didn't we? Didn't you? How bring did that I not up? know this? How, How do you, I not know I this? No, because you don't do research, son. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I know of that director, I didn't know he acted. That's All him. Right. That's that's him. I'll just keep talking. I'm gonna go down this rabbit hole now. <laughs> but um, so he's kind of the bully, and so my mind went to okay, I need I need a bully type of guy. I need somebody that you're you're not gonna like. Uh, he's kind of got this. Uh, he's got this v- distinct voice. I can all I can picture his voice in my head, uh, John Jay. <laughs> you know, just I can picture that when he's giving Rambo a hard time. Um. Yeah, Days and then Texas. he's got that um, when he's in the, uh, the helicopter and the guy's like, I don't know if I can do this like flying. He's like, you better fly this straight or I'll kill you myself type of thing. You know, that type of line. So you need somebody who can pull yeah. all that off. And just to me, 
the first face that popped in my head, and I think it just he he would be a great Galt is Jeffrey Dean Morgan Negan from Walking Dead, oh, okay, uh, the comedian from Watchmen, yeah, uh, okay, a, he, he was in the Losers. He's been in a lot of a lot of different stuff, and oh. I I just I, I I he's got he's a bully. He's a guy who can play an absolute bully. He's got like this shit eating grin. I could see him just giving Rambo all kind of shit in, in the prison. And that's just, that's Jeffrey Dean Morgan in, in, in a nutshell, essentially. So, and I, th- I think he, he can kind of, I definitely see like he can just be one of those because Galt kind of seems like a good old boy who got into being an officer to bully people. Like that's what Galt like. Yeah. Like you know, I, he probably was in the war. In in the war, he probably was there with Teasel because they go back so far. But he was probably one of those guys who was mm-hmm. happy to kill people, and he was happy to come back and let out his frustrations on hip, hippies and oh yeah, you know, and minorities and that kind of stuff. Like he's yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's definitely Galt, and I could see Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I don't know what that says about you know, but um, I could see him just playing that uh, to an absolute T. I mean, I, I, right. agree. I think he's an amazing actor. Yep, yep, yep. And especially with, um, I always want to say Ty Sheridan because that's the kid from Ready Player and Run. Taylor Sheridan, I think he could get a great performance out of oh, him. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, if it's my turn, I'm yeah, going to keep you. it simple because my guy is, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. He's He's always working, and if you've seen his face, you probably would remember it. I originally was going to go with David Arquette because I just saw <laughs> that documentary, You Cannot Kill David Arquette, and they were talking about, like, he's kind of sad that his career is in the shitter and sh- stuff, and I've always loved him. And I was like, man, I would love to see somebody give him a career, and I was like, well, fuck, man, that's what this whole podcast is about, talking about actors who deserve better. And I went inside this whole spiel in my head, and I, then I listened to one of our latest episodes of <laughs> our other podcast, and I went through the entire fun- – I was like, God damn it, I just mentioned him in that. So I'm going to hold off on David Arquette, even though I really do love David Arquette, and I will cast him in something. So my second choice is an actor named Joseph Sikora, S-I-K-O-R-A, He's in a lot of TV work. He's in like, is he in every fucking TV show running right now? I don't know. No, but yes, in, yes. Looking at his face, yes, yes. <laughs> he's one yeah, of those you know, guys, yeah. You, you know his face. Yeah. He plays a lot of pieces. I had no idea what his name was. Yeah. I have <clears> this <throat> fucking mental Rolodex of, of actors, and I, if I see you in one thing and I like you, you just go in the slot. And I, I'm like... Is he British? No, he's American. No, he's American. Um, have you seen Ozark? Uh, Doll, Dolby. Okay, never mind. No, I'm trying to think of something no. that you may have, yeah, known to her. Mrs. Oh, Doll yeah. Baby watched that. <laughs> the biggest thing, and this is crazy. The biggest thing is that one episode of True Detective where, um. McConaughey is it's that single shot of him going weaving in and out of that hotel during a gunfight it's like the best episode of that, sh- that oh episode. yeah whereas there's like that 16 minute one like almost like a one yeah. take type and oh yeah that's amazing the guy he's carrying is Joseph Sakara. like he needs right. him for something okay. and I can't remember what but he's got to get him and he needs he keeps punching him in the mouth to like shut him the fuck up because he's like shut up you're gonna get us killed 
and like he's, they got to navigate throughout that entire hotel. I can rattle off all of the shows that have come out in the last 20 years. He's probably been on one of this one episode. Yes. He fucking just pops up and everything. I like the dude. I think he can do it. I mean, I need to come up with better descriptors. If you've seen him work, he can do it. So, I mean, again, I didn't, I hate saying I don't want to waste a good actor in these small roles. Instead of saying that, giving an actor like Joseph Sikora, who doesn't have the name recognition of a Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who doesn't need a first blood, who I, I'm not complaining that you picked him because I love him and I want to see him. In, I especially want to see him in Taylor Sheridan. There you movie. go, that's right. But a Joseph Sikora, I would love to see him on the big screen. I would love to see Panos Cosmonos, like give him the platform to maybe be in other movies or... I don't know. Just get his fucking because that's sometimes all you fucking need is one movie to get you the fuck out there. Right. Like Robert Forster made a hundred fucking movies before Jackie Brown, but Jackie Brown was Hollywood's like, oh yeah, Robert Forster's the fucking thing. Let's put him in everything. Sometimes it only it only takes one fucking movie. And First mm-hmm. Blood would be a big enough mm-hmm. property where people be like, I don't know who this guy is, and then maybe their mind would trigger oh yeah he's in the shivering truth or ozark or banshee or whatever instead of just rattling off imdb which i'm not going to he's been in a million fucking things and i just want to see him in more things and he's really good at playing a dick he really is yeah he's really really good at playing a dick because ozark he's basically like your kind of your typical uh gangster son like the guy who's got the big ego who you know thinks he can do whatever he want type of the gangsters the the head mob bosses type son like he plays that kind of role and so um he definitely has the yeah the jerk side of it uh yeah so i could definitely see him being kind of yeah just an absolute ass i yeah i need you to understand that he's a piece of shit without him ever opening his mouth mm-hmm. joseph sakura <laughs> somehow he has that like he doesn't even have to say anything he doesn't even have to torture rambo which he's going to even his profile but, pic on imdb just like oh, you look like a douche dude come on he does he really does <laughs> you're wearing suspenders really come on yeah. Hey, he's a fun guy. His Twitter seems fun. But I also want to shout out Ozark. If y'all love Breaking Bad, watch oh, yeah. fucking Ozark. Ozark's it's so good. fucking good. It's, good. it's I don't know why Netflix isn't pushing this because I'm like, this is the closest you guys have to Breaking Bad. So y'all fucking Narcos. This is your Breaking <laughs> Bad. Y'all need to push this shit because it's fucking amazing. Yeah. And Jason Bateman, who the fuck knew he could act? Amazing in it. Because he, he ain't funny. I mean, yeah, he's Jason Bateman somehow better when he's not funny. But all right, enough for J- Justice Sakura. I what I didn't want to spend too much time on him because nobody knows who the fuck he is anyway. So, what you got, doll baby? Yeah, I struggled with this one. Um, I, I, I at first I picked some actors that were too old, um, and I ended up going more mainstream. But I think for Galt, I wanted somebody that was that could pull off being a bully. But to me, the guy that plays Galt manages to subtly um, portray himself as being someone that is trying to hide his own deficiencies. 
Like, you know, he's, yeah, I, I mean, that, a lot yeah. of bullies are like this, right? I mean, they bully, they bully because they are not securing right. themselves in some way. So I, that's why, that's the way I think of Galt. I was trying to get it. Like, what, what is this character? You know, he's, he seems, he has a lot of bravado, but when the shit hits the fan, really, he's just, he's just a chicken shit. Um, so I had, I had five contestants for this one. And what I ultimately landed on was difficult. I, I picked this guy out of two final contestants and it was really hard. It was, it was, it almost came down to aesthetics. Um, I picked Sam Rockwell. It's kind of, it's kind of typecasting him. I think, you know, um, I mean, and, and I honestly don't think he did that good of a job in three billboards portraying that character, but I think he's a fine actor and I think he could definitely pull off this insecure. My bully. question to you, well, you don't have to reveal it now, but if your Rambo was black, get rid of Sam Rockwell. I am tired of him playing racist ass <laughs> cops in every fucking movie now. <laughs> That's like all he like right after Three Billboards, <laughs> he made that movie that no one saw with Octavia Spencer, um, like Best Frenemies or some shit. I don't remember what the fuck it's called, but he was like an old Ku Klux Klan member who was like, you know what, racism ain't that good. Don't like it. And it's like stop. And then Jojo Rabbit, <laughs> he plays a fucking Nazi, and you're like, enough. <laughs> oh my god! Like, I love Sam Rockwell is legitimately oh, like my second favorite actor. I love him, but stop being a racist cop and everything, Sam. You got your Oscars. Just be happy. Well, can I tell you who yes, my sure. runner up was? Y'all might hate it. Uh, it was John Bernthal. We love John. Bernthal. We love. He's our. He's one of our favorite baby boys. Yeah. Our baby I'm. I'm. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I think there, he can play a, that. We, we have. I have a particular movie. The moment we recast it, I've already. I'm saving him just for that. And I, you can be an asshole and fucking do it soon because I can't. And I know what movie it is, and I can't. <laughs> I'm gonna use him in that too, and I can't because I've already used. I use him in our first episode. That's how much I love John Bernthal. No, our second. I use him in our second. yeah second one. Um. I mean, he plays that character in um, yeah, The Walking Dead, you know. But he's good at it. He's, he's so good, good at it. He is. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, and uh, honestly, it kind of came down to aesthetics. Like, you got one guy that, um, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, yeah, no. I, Moving I think, on. I mean, I, yeah, I love John Berthal. I I wouldn't say, I if you went with him, I'd be fine with it. But I also think he's a, he's a leading guy, like. He could be. He could have been Rambo. If you, you know, if this was remade, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he could be all. Yeah, he could be all. He could be all of them. He played, and he played a pretty minor character in Sicario and in um, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. Oh yeah, and that's not that. Yeah, no, no. Like I think, I no. I'm not saying he's. Yeah, he's just a straight up leading man. But he's definitely, you know, uh, he's he's up there. I think his name's is is getting up there big time. So no, but I I love me some Sam Rockwell. Uh, to I, mean, I I I thought jo- to in my defense I thought Joseph Sakura was younger than he was he's like forty two I think Galt should be young I, in my mind I picture Galt younger I don't I, he's not fifty to fifty nah, no, he's forty forties fifty he's, yeah, he's, he's yeah in my 50s, mind though yeah. it feels like somebody who would like go the extra step in everything he's doing to impress the sheriff which I 
Why do I not have his? I don't even have the sheriff's name written down. But I just have the actor because I have yeah. no one else. No, Tiesel. but to me, because they they in the original. Now you can change it, of course, as you want. But in in the original, they were like been around since high school. I don't know. I can't remember if they said that. Like if it was high yep. school, or they at least were in the war together. Well, he tells something like that. He tells what's his name, the redheaded guy. Um, After he's dead, yeah. I, I, me and him were buddies since going back to when yeah, your mom was like wiping that. Your nose yeah, so they've like been that. around, so. So maybe childhood friends. So they have to be in the. They don't have to be the original, like the same. But that's kind of the way I kind of took it as they, these were lifelong friends, and so that's why. Not only did yeah. is it one of his deputies or you know uh, subordinates who got killed, but it's a, a friend. So that's why he wants to get Rambo even more. So, so I mean, yeah, I. I understand that, but in my mind, it works better if he's just a young, a young punk because they're the ones that are the most eager to place, like Green Room, where they're like, I got to get my fucking red shoelaces. So they're going to go above and beyond and be yeah. as horrible as humanly possible to fucking get in good favors with fucking Patrick Stewart. I blew my no F bombs. <laughs> I blew right past it because I just heard myself say like three in a row. Um, but like Joseph Sakura is like 42, so it's like he's yeah. the same age as the original, and he's but like he doesn't, slightly... yeah, he doesn't look the same. Like that, we've we've talked about this on every every episode when that uh, Jack Starrett plays, and he's in his you know, uh, he is in like 45 years old, he looks like he's 67. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, that made this so yeah. hard to cast. Like, people don't look, no, they people don't, don't look the age i mean like I, the the one i always use because it's really easy is alec guinness as obi-wan he was like i don't know like i think i think uh uh ewan mcgregor is like 10 years younger than alec guinness was when he played um obi-wan and ewan mcgregor looks <laughs> doesn't look remotely close to the same age and he's it's about to tough, play him yeah. in a tv series i mean it's just that that fucked me all up trying to cast this movie man so i just no I no you're, you're good you're good no it's 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 always it's a um, common uh issue when we're trying to cast is like okay well this guy's supposed to be 50 but our 50 uh, 50 year olds are brad pitt you know so what do you do with that yeah so, exactly but yeah, they right. look young until they don't and then they look like <laughs> oh like dicaprio i knew it was gonna happen I was like 30 to 40 to like, he kept going up in age. And I'm like, once that baby face goes, he's going to look like an old man immediately. And that's exactly what the fuck. <laughs> so Jared Leto, you have like two more years, my man. And then you're going to look like hard ass, like a bum. An old you Italian, like an woman. Italian woman. You're going to look bad. So enjoy it now. Enjoy your little fucking cult. You got going on with all your groupies and shit. It's just right. going to get bad for you, my man. All right. On to. Oh, here we go with the Leto. All right. On I, to. I like Leto. I like Leto. On to uh, Troutman, played by the late, great Richard Grenna. Even though I don't. It's all I know him from is Troutman. And I know that's probably. I don't know. Does anybody else. Like, I know he's done I'm other nothing. things. but I know he was cast in this like he was on a play and he was gay. And he started playing Troutman gay, and the directors immediately called cut or something. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, 
he's like, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> like, and, was he playing him with a yeah, list? I, I'm not gonna say he was stereotypically gay, but it was like an affectation to his voice where you're like, oh, you're playing it gay, and like, and he's just like was in like that actor who plays Daredevil now. Like, he blew like a couple auditions because he keeps he's played daredevil so long that he's just like oh, unfocuses yeah, yeah, yeah. his eyes and he looks oh, blind yeah. and shit and everyone's like what the fuck are you doing you playing this shit blind um yeah i i've seen krenna and a couple other things yeah, yeah. i so think this traveling. is one of the great pulling out of the ether whoever the fuck this guy is to play this role because i think he's fucking he's better in the i mean he has more to do in the sequels but I think he's fucking great here. Richard, yeah. Richard Crenna doesn't get I enough. can't picture anybody else in this role. Like he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't say iconic, but he's definitely memorable in this role. And it, you go to like, if he, he, I'm trying to think of what you would call the, the Troutman character, but it's almost like there's a certain type of, I wouldn't say generic, but you know, like this put in a box, Troutman type of character for a lot of these type of movies, and Richard Crenna is like you know the archetype of that. He does, yeah, he is for big military dudes. I don't know I, in terminology. Uh, well, he is for this what Mr. Miyagi is for, right? That type Asian of t- yeah. like it's mm. to me he set the the blueprint for everyone else to follow, yeah. like. And there's nothing intimidating about a Richard Crenna at all, but somehow he sells it. I don't know how no, he fucking does no. it. Like Brian Dennehy would have been a more intimidating, but somehow I don't, I don't know how he does it. He's yep. great. Yep. So all right, on to my pick. I, again, I just I kind of locked in. I, that's that's what I do sometimes. Is I I could I usually just lock in on somebody. It's like boom, that's who my pick is. There's a few times where I'm like, okay, maybe this guy, maybe that person, but this one just came right to me and i just i love him and it's again i think sometimes i want to go like i want to see this person work with my director i want to see this person work with taylor sheridan and i went with uh mr kyle chandler as my trial oh okay yeah super from uh, Mm. friday night lights uh, you know yeah eric friday night lights he's great there but uh he definitely does some really good work and yeah I i think he has the the military because i mean we've seen him do you know he's been a police officer and different stuff he can definitely be a hard ass like an eric you know coach taylor and he's in that other dark netflix series right with the british guy that plays a bad guy and everything um bloodlines or something like that yeah bloodline he's in that yeah plays a cop he's in you know he's in zero dark 30 argo he's he's in a lot i mean he's been in a lot of good stuff yeah Argo. Yeah, he's been in a lot of good stuff and you know, go back to King Kong and uh, yeah, Super 8. He was in Mulholland Falls. I forgot about that. It was like one of his first. It was like one of his first. Yeah. That's yeah, such I a disappointing very, very movie. So that's one we need to do. Write that down. Mulholland Sailor. Falls? Yeah, with Nick Nolte. <sighs> I guess oh, I watched that thing, man. It was kind of like Such around like movie. LA Confidential time. Like it was like the all those yep. type of after the movies the were coming wars, out yeah. yeah and but it had oh it has such a great cast because it's nick nolte i think Chaz palmateri um i'm trying to think of, i think chris penn 
It's like because it's about these four these yeah, four God, cops. Sucks, that, oh yeah, they all kind of. It's about the, these four cops that just you know they're trying to run the town and their mobs are coming. Michael Matson, treat uh, your your baby boy Treat Williams is in it. Daniel Ball. He's Andrew not my McCarthy, baby boy. And John uh, John Malkovich. Let us know on uh, <laughs> Total Recast at uh, Instagram. Just hit us up. Do you want it? Do you want a whole episode dedicated to Mulholland Falls? Mulholland Falls. Do you really want this, y'all? I mean, if if y'all want it, we'll do well, it. We just right? got done talking about stop doing all these A plus movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me there. But, all right, all right. Yeah, it's yeah. Mulholland Falls, Mul- not yeah, Mulholland, not Mulholland Falls. Drive. Yeah, Mulholland Falls. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my pick, uh, Kyle Chandler. He's he has this um, like retired military guy aesthetic oh, yeah. about him oh, yeah. that I like. But he, yep. I don't, as far as I know, wasn't in the military. He just has that like aura about him. Yep. And he's also just like, wasn't he in a TV show where he got a newspaper before everybody else? Wasn't that like the big thing he was in? A newspaper. First word. edition or some shit? I don't remember about that. No, I fell in love with him as Coach Taylor don't on make, Friday Night Lights. You're going to make me Google this shit. I'm <laughs> almost positive that was like don't the first bring, thing. Don't bring it up if you don't know what it is. I'm because I I watch like every episode of the stupid show and I don't. You know, why. There's tour of duty. Uh, it was like 1994. Oh, he he got to, he front. gets it. Oh hush up! Early he edition gets a newspaper. Early edition. There it goes. Oh, it's a great show. I just talked down about it's it. It's a great show great. that I don't remember a, the name of. Yeah, because it was a hundred <laughs> years ago. No, I like Kyle Chandler a lot. He's great. He's he's a great baby boy. All right. All right, who's your pick for Troutman there, Sailor? I mean, we're going to get into this later because I want to segue back into this. But Tarantino famously, not famously, but he's just recently talked about his remake ideas with Adam Driver as Rambo and Kurt Russell as Troutman. Now, taking from that, because I can already see why he's picking Adam Driver, but part of that is the fact that Adam Driver in real life is a badass. He's a Marine. So in that thinking... He yeah. is a Marine. Or, yeah, not was. He is a Marine. Once you are, you always are. So that's where my mind went was like, well, why not get another real-life Marine for one of these roles? Or I mean, because I don't think Troutman is a Marine, but it doesn't matter. So... Yeah. No, they're Army. So I was like, why not Rob Riggle, the famous comedian? He's on that, that show, Holy Moly. He's been on a bunch of shit, but he's a real-life Marine. Or is a real-life Marine. And I'm like, that's kind of fucking badass. You, you never, I think you've seen him play a Marine in one movie. I'm like, well, why not do that again? But I was like, yeah. I mean, I would like to see somebody give him the shot at being serious. I just don't want to be the one to do it first, especially not first blood, but I would like to see him stretch his, cause I, I like him as a comedian. I think he's funny and Rob what's his Riggle. name. Oh. Pow. <laughs> Pow. Yeah. Pow. Uh, let's see. Did you see, uh, he's, uh, you know him as soon as yeah. you saw him. He was in no. the hangover. He was the officer that shot. Um... Well, don't spend too much time on it because I ain't picking him. But <laughs> oh, okay, never mind then. No, no, I, no. I do Damn want it. him for something. And why the are future. you spending so much time on him if you're not picking him? I don't know. I don't know because I, I'm, because I would like him to be this, but I'm like I don't want to be the first person. Nobody to take would a take him serious. Him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But another, I mean, so I'm going. For my Troutman, because I really like this pick. 
Mike Trumpman is going to have more to do in my movie. Like I said, he's going into the woods to kill Rambo. So he's kind of the, the end boss, as it were. Like, he's he's going to go kill him. So I, to me, in my mind, him and the sheriff should have been switched. But I understand why they wouldn't be, because the sheriff is technically the big bad of the movie. But I'm going for my Trotman, Christian Bale. Oh. I want... I want that survivalist mm-hmm. guy that can teach you all the things. Because th- that's the one thing about Christian Bale is that he 100% dedicates himself to, he, he immerses himself into any role, right? He, he's lost an insane amount of weight for some roles. He's gained a lot of weight for some roles. Yeah. Machinist. He's like Dan- I thought you were going to say. Oh, Go but ahead, he's like ahead. Daniel Day-Lewis in that way where he's, once he commits to something, he's going to put himself all the way in it. So if you tell me that I'm going to cast him as Troutman, he is going to get in in the shit. He's going to learn everything about it. Mm. So that's what I I need, that immediate, that authenticity. Although he has never spent, as far as I know, has never spent any time in the real life, the armies, the Marines, or any of the, the, the forces. But I do believe that if he came on the set, he would because he's not a half-ass actor, learn all that shit. And he would, I, I would believe, there's just something about Christian Bell where I'm like, one, I believe he could teach some people, teach, break down people and turn them into killing machines. Two, that would intimidate and bark orders at my sheriff, who is also a huge actor. And three, I just wanted to see him fight a Rambo, the Christian Bale. Yeah, I can buy this. I can buy this choice. At first, I thought you were going to say Christian Slater, and I was, I was all in <laughs> at I do that like point. Christian Slater. Christian Slater, like Christian Slater, Christian Slater, man. That would, that would be, and then he's one that you know he's. There's been a bit of a Slater Renaissance, sort of, I guess. But uh, yeah, I could, I, I could get on board with him being in some. But yeah, if, I, I, I if like he was Slater. a hands-off Troutman, because I can't see him doing any hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. Christian Bale, like you tell me he's going to learn some shit in martial arts. Like he, if you've ever seen the special features for Batman, it's insane. Like he learned all of these fucking crazy martial arts and shit, and he barely has to do any in the fucking movie. But he learned like this entire new martial arts that was kind of made for the movie where he, you fight with the it's five like gun kata. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's learned gun kata for equilibrium. Like he does. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, like that's he, crazy. He, he does this crazy shit for these fucking movies. So, like, if he's gonna learn hand to hand combat, he's gonna fucking do it. Christmas Rambo doesn't later. stand a chance against that gun kata. <laughs> Did he really fight some oh, dragons? Of course. To get yeah. ready for Rain of Fire. Yeah, he, yeah. he paid some drunks, dressed them up as dragons, and then just punched them in the mouth. <laughs> like he, his dedication <laughs> to the craft knows no bounds. Christian Pale. <laughs> Plus, I just want to see him. I mean, right. I just want to see him work with Panos. You don't That's have to awesome. sell us on Christian Bale, baby. He's a big name. I mean, because some people like turned against him because he yelled at a guy ten years oh, ago. Oh, nobody was... cares about that anymore. You would be surprised. He didn't fucking. I mean, hit he should have. Come on, <laughs> he should have. That'll learn him not That's to be right. getting in the, the guy fucking never work frame in or whatever the hell he was doing. I have always defended Christian Son Bale because I'm like, this motherfucker. He needed. Trash his lights, Christian Bell. Trash them. Go over there. <laughs> Fuck them up. Fuck them up. How, how, how many? Uh, Fuck you up. How many hookers do you think he chased uh, with chainsaws to practice for American Psycho? <laughs> 
Not enough. <laughs> all of all of them. All right, uh, doll baby, who you got for uh, your Troutman? All right. Well, I, I think there's a facet of the Troutman character that y'all are missing, and I think it's the the facet of um, unpredictability. There's something about the way Krenna plays that role that's he's peculiar. He he's not the barky drill sergeant general type that yeah. you see in a lot of movies and there's there's multiple scenes when he's talking to uh teasel um what's his name's character uh what's Denny the damn actor's Denny? name oh brian that plays teasel yeah Dennehy, yeah when he's talking to Dennehy, um there's there's just something in his eyes that's like I'm not really sure what this guy's capable of. Like this guy might be capable of some shit and he may just be in here like just fucking with me. Like you you just don't know really what's going on there. There there's an element of surprise there. And so uh, again, for me, this came down to two candidates. One ended up being a little too old. I really liked him. Um, but once I settled on my pick, I was locked on this one. And my pick is Michael okay. Shannon. I think he, I think he can bring this sense of um, regalness, if that's a word, but also kind of like that motherfucker might be a little crazy. And you don't know. You know, you don't you don't quite know what he's in them eyes, of. baby. He's got those eyes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But he can he can present as very right. formal. You know, very um, I don't know, put together, squared away. I could I could definitely see him in this role. Um, my my runner up was Lawrence Finchburn, but I think he's just Is too he old not? for the role. I mean, he's black, so he can pass <laughs> as much younger, but. I mean, because if you're, but he's, I think he's a little too old. I don't know if you're a guy teaching people. Like, I don't know. Was he like sixty-two? Well, oh, is he sixty-two? Yeah, I may be being, I might be being a little too literal. I don't, I don't know, but, but um, that's also a case of would he be in that position? If you're, if you're kicking, if you're keeping it with the Vietnam War, would he be in that position because he's black? Yeah, with. Well, I mean, I, I don't have stats, but I'm pretty sure there were black colonels. Okay, oh, yeah, he was a colonel. Okay, yeah, I forgot. Oh, he was he's a colonel. colonel. Oh, Colonel Troutman, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. But, yeah, yeah I mean, that's a fair uh, point. That's a fair it point. is, but it's like colonels aren't young either. So it's – I mean, I, here's the thing. I love Lawrence Fishburne. Like, I will bend the rules of reality to get a fucking Lawrence Fishburne in a fucking – if it's Colonel in World War II movie, I don't give a fuck. Put Lawrence Fishburne in it. <laughs> And I also think he has that saying. He 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 can be very regal, but also slightly like oh, I don't know about that dude. He might he might go I, off. I mean, we've already talked about Michael Shannon because we've both individually picked him. I think in different movies because we love Michael Shannon. We don't yeah. talk about Lawrence Fishburne enough, but we both have two of his movies. I mean, speaking of Bill Duke, mm-hmm. Bill Duke directed Deep Cover, and we're going to cover that movie eventually. eventually I don't yeah. know when. 
He mm. is so fucking good. There was a time where Lawrence Fishburne was one of the most interesting actors working, because yeah, like you said, he has a fucking unpredictable unpredictability to mm-hmm. him yeah. and an intensity where you're like, this motherfucker is about mm-hmm. to just pop off. Like Boys in the yep. Hood, I'm like, it, there's a reason why Fury Styles never carries the gun in that thing because everyone would be dead. <laughs> he doesn't fuck around. Lawrence Fishburne. I've said this a million times. I'm, we're going to keep bringing back Tarantino because I have to remind myself. But Tarantino wanted him for Luke Cage. He was going to make a Luke Cage movie with Lawrence Fishburne. Not Wesley Snipes. Mm. Not Samuel Jackson. Lawrence Fishburne. Because Lawrence Fishburne slaps, man. He fucks people up. Like the fact that... It, yeah, the intense. You're right about like, the intensity. And the fact that sure. in the early 90s, the first person Tarantino thought of was Lawrence Fishburne tells you something. Not a Wesley Snipes. Not a Samuel Jackson, like I said. Lawrence Fishburne. Go back and watch his earlier shit, man. Oh, God. Harlem. Yeah. Fuck, Harlem is such a good movie. Lawrence Fishburne, man, underrated cat. But Michael Shannon, there's not enough good things to say about him. Watch any fucking thing he's ever made. Take Shelter. Should have got an Oscar nom for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh shit. No, I, mean, I kind of softballed it up to you when I said he was going to be in the 40 or should be in the 48 hours. I think he's just stole it from me. <laughs> I, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, you little sneak thief. Steal my Michael Shannon. Um, who did you have for your uh, the the first guy we picked? Who did you have for that? Gull. You. Who are you talking to? Yeah. Yeah. Me? Oh, Rockwell. Uh, Rockwell. Oh, so Rockwell, Rockwell and Shannon, and because I'm trying to piece together this Safety Brothers first blood, because I can picture a Taylor Sheridan, I can picture Panos Cosmatos. I'm trying to picture a a safety brothers but right now you're on track my friend you got sam rockwell well michael shannon and sam rockwell i think could work pretty well together i can see sam rockwell being disgusting um, <laughs> yeah yeah especially with yeah, the safety yeah, being unlikable yeah. yeah definitely well before we get into the sheriff uh, the reason why i keep bringing up tarantino is i want Y'all to know because uh, my original question was, do you guys think he's ever going to make that movie? The answer is obviously no. He's never going to fucking make it. Maybe a mini series, but I even s- severely doubt that because he said he's only going to make ten movies. Mini series is still on the table, baby. But I don't even. Tarantino's a cock tease. I don't think he's going to make that. But if he did, let's just pretend. We already know who's going to pick for Rambo. We already know who's going to pick for Troutman. Who would you want him to pick to play the sheriff? Um, so I, I wanted to think about somebody that, that works with Tarantino or has worked with them. And I landed on he Chris did. Penn. Oh, I, I guess in this, is this a hypothetical or Chris Penn ain't yeah. dead? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know what? I don't think uh, I knew he was dead. He's been he's dead for almost 20 years. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Has he really? Yeah. Like 2004, Holy shit. I think. It's been a Damn, what did he die of? Yeah, he was he was a big boy. Oh my uh, god. It was a 2006. It's going to be hard it's going to be hard for him to do that. 2006, yeah. I mean, they can reach out to his agent, but I think he's going to have a difficult <laughs> time if he's dead. Um, well shit, I don't have a backup pick. Well, we're just going to go for a hypothetical. Then. No, Chris Pan would be great. Um, if he wasn't dead, the ghost of Chris Pan. <laughs> And I mean, being being dead, he needs. He a break. does. He hasn't worked in a while, so you're right. <laughs> um, 
I mean, for me, the, the obvious two is one, Nicolas Cage, because he needs to work with Tarantino, or Vincent D'Onofrio. I would love to see D'Onofrio in a fucking Tarantino movie for some reason. I don't know why, mm. but you mm. got anyone, Kane, or we, we could just move on? We could just move on because we're going to go right into my teasel, and it is Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. He does this no all the shit. time. He just steps all over my picks by just throwing out all these random. No, oh, I man. that was. If I, you had it, if you fucking read my question right, no, that's you a still would have said it. Hat. Uh, I mean, we can cut that out. <laughs> no, I think it's to... fine. No, stop. It's fine. No, because it, it it is. I want. I think Vincent D'Onofrio. I would wanted to see. Yeah, I would love to see him work with Tarantino, but. I would love to see him work with Taylor Sheridan as freaking Sheriff Teasel in this movie. Could you? I, mean, I could see D'Onofrio and Kyle Chandler just going back and forth at it as Troutman and Teasel does. I could definitely. D'Onofrio yeah. is fucking huge. Uh, he now, is, though. but he he you know they they have him in a way where like in uh, Daredevil that he yeah he's a big dude but he pulls it off so well. Um. And, Yes, Dennehy. Dennehy yeah. was packing and quite Dennehy a belly, a though, in that too, movie. So, and I could definitely see D'Onofrio yeah. and Dean, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan just, you know, sitting around having some beers, you know, being two different types of, of people, but with D'Onofrio kind of like the bigger brother with uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan being the little brother that just causes all the mischief and stuff and that kind of thing. And he's probably bailed uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan out of you know, jail himself, or the only reason why he has a job as a cop is because of D'Onofrio, that kind of thing. Like, I could see that to a T. So, and I, I just, I love me some D'Onofrio. I've, I've been holding on to him for a while because I don't think he's, he's not the, he's definitely, he's not a, the number one guy in a movie. Like, he's not the seller of a movie, but he's a Sheriff Teasel of a movie. He's the second guy of a movie type type of uh, name and character actor so i i'd love to see him as this character because i think he would just absolutely he bring he would bring something different than what Denny he did but mm-hmm. also still be able to do that i'm digging my heels in even though i realized that i did something wrong and because i think you know because right now everybody knows him as you know kingpin from daredevil but he he can do so many he can he can do so many different types of acting I mean, dude, he's he's oh, had some yeah. iconic roles, yeah. man. You know? And I and yeah, Go ahead. I mean, he's he's everything from from Thor, the record car driver, to um, private pile, uh, private private pile. Yeah, I played a cockroach in a movie. Played a cockroach. Yeah, I think he's yeah. great yeah. in the cell yeah. as the the uh, Carl Starger there. Um, yeah, he's he's done so many so many great things, and he's such a good actor. And he just he's one of those guys. We we talk about this, uh, and we just kind of talked about this with Michael Shannon, just with the eyes. Like he he's the type of guy who can just sit there mm-hmm. and stare, and you he can convey mm-hmm. so many different types of emotions. You know, it's kind of like a picture is worth a thousand words. Like Vincent D'Onofrio can, you know, you know, just sit there and, you know, act a thousand different, you know, actions and emotions and that kind of stuff. And then just kind of give this kind of, you know, smile or this little, just kind of, or just kind of type of grunt. And you're just like, man, there's so much behind that. And I, I just, yeah, he's, he's so, he's so great. So that's my pick for Sheriff Teasel. 
I mean, I wouldn't have mentioned him if I thought you would pick him. I mean, I knew he was on because I floated him to you for another episode and you didn't want to waste him on that. No. Which is 100% understandable. You want to save the big guns for the big movies. Yeah, and, and this is one D'Onofrio of them. D'Onofrio is... He, like you said, he's not—he's not a movie star. He's a character actor, yeah. and he's one of the best. So. And you need that to me for Teasel. You can get away with that without him having to be this movie star name. No, he would be somebody that. Oh yeah, I don't want to say Rambo is intimidated by, but like he's pulling up in his pickup truck, and he could, or maybe he, he, Rambo isn't intimidated by him because, like Daredevil shows. Vincent D'Onofrio is fucking huge. He's massive. He's mm-hmm. like six foot four. Yeah. He's he's a big boy. So if he comes to put on, try to intimidate a Rambo, like get out of my town, you hippie, and Rambo doesn't back down and isn't immediately afraid, that that is enough for me to understand why he's like, well, now I got to make him afraid of me. And how do I going to do that? I'm going to just sick him to my boys or whatever right. he does. Like, I could, there's a lot of these layers. There's man. so many like, layers there. Yep. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yep. So right. whose turn is it? It is your turn. All righty. So I really only had one actor for this. So there's no reason beating around the bush. The reason why I didn't go for James Mangold is because for my Sheriff Teasel, I'm going with Russell Crowe. <laughs> now, there's some mm. pictures floating around <laughs> recently of a 700 pound Russell Crowe because he's, he's a big man now rest assured he is losing the weight he's still big but he is losing he's lost like 35 pounds so he's not as big as he was in unhinged but i mean if you've listened if you're listening to this podcast in the future just remember there was a point in time when russell crowe was super fucking big like 29 at the end of 2019 2020 russell crowe was big as fuck now he's lost some weight but i wanted russell crowe and christian bale to have because Teasel really only has a couple of scenes with Rambo. So I wanted somebody to have more of a back and forth with my trap. Right. And I was like, I want them on screen together because they've never worked together. And I was also going to have James Mangold. And then I was look through his filmography to mention movies that he's made that I fucking love. And I've totally forgot about 310 to Yuma, yep. which they're both fucking in. And I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Because the only person in that movie I seem to fucking remember is Luke Wilson. (laughs) Luke Wilson for five minutes. Because I'm like, why the fuck is Luke Wilson in this fuck? Well, of course, Ben Foster is amazing. But and when you, I'm not gonna step on your toes as you pick Ben Foster for Rambo. But let me just say, you are correct. (laughs) That is the right answer. (laughs) I can't pick him, but he is the correct answer i russell crowe versus christian bale let's do it for right this time i i do like 310 to yuma but ben foster overshadows both of them to such a degree that i completely forgot that they were in that movie together so let's do it for real this time and like i said that yeah he is going to be the bad guy russell uh, the Teasel is going to be the bad guy of this but since troutman is going into the woods alone maybe troutman brings teasel along with him and maybe he fucking kills him maybe troutman isn't a good guy either maybe he's just gonna blame it on rambo or some shit i don't know maybe he's just like what did you do to my man i'm just gonna kill you now or i don't know something has i i feel like uh teasel gets off easy like i don't think like he's kind of at the end of the day responsible for all of this shit and he doesn't really get his 
his comeuppance. And I feel like I don't think death is enough, or, or maybe that's too much. But I feel like something like Troutman has to do something to him. I don't fucking know. Maybe he does bring him into the woods with him and has Rambo kill him. Like I don't fucking know. Yeah, something has to happen to him from because I do think he's. I mean, maybe Dahlgren's looking into into something that I'm not seeing, but to me. Because you don't have that line of "oh yeah, I was also a vet," I you know, there's no sympathetic sympathetic angle to me because you don't have that backstory. He's just a piece of shit that wants to fuck with Rambo for no reason. I mean, I would still have that line in here, but I do feel like he got let off a little easy. But I need an actor who's a big blowhard, who's a, who's an asshole, who's also who could be evil. So. Russell Crowe, I just want to see him work with Christian Bale again, even though I forgot they worked together the first time. So that's again, that's why I did not pick James Mangold because I'm like, I can't have everyone from that fucking movie. So Mangold, you got to go. One of y'all got to go, and I like these actors too much. So you gun. So Russell Crowe, that's my teasel. No, that that's that's a good one. I almost yeah, I, uh, for Jaws, I almost picked him as Quint because I think he he can play that unhinged, you know. Mm-hmm. Part part in the oh yeah um, might be crazier than Rambo. It might be crazier than Rambo, but he can do it in a way where it's it's pulled back behind the layers and the eyes and the you know to where it's like not where he's got the whole town the you know the quiet town fooled, but underneath there's this crazy wild man. So yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, Russell Crowe was on my list. Yeah, Mel Gibson was on my list. I thought Mel Gibson and uh, dragged dragged across concrete kind of like if he was just I don't know man just a little bit younger. Ultimately, I went with Josh Brolin. I think Josh Brolin brings a great mix of um, uh, charisma and just just this I don't know kind of bravado and like yeah. I can just be a big huge prick. Um, uh, and I, and I think Dennehy, you know, Dennehy's portrayed as a bad guy, but he's got an awful lot of charisma mm-hmm. on screen, um, which I think is maybe overlooked a lot of times when we think about villains. We don't think about them as having charisma per se. But, but yeah, I think Dennehy has quite a bit of charisma. Um, he He's not likable, but you can see how he how he's able to fool people into thinking that he actually does give a shit about them. And I think Josh Brolin brings those, I think he would bring those qualities to the oh, table yeah, for that's, sure. That's a good pick. I, man, we, we're spending some money. I know the studio's spending some money on these casts though. I can tell you that we got some big old I mean, names on, on all of them. You're remaking first blood. You, you go big, you go home, baby. <laughs> no shit. That means, that means my hope of it being a small, more more of a dramatic film is just completely <laughs> no but screwed. i think your i think your actors can pull that off though that's that's the thing is like yeah those are those are but you know we've talked you know michael shannon he's not a movie star he's not people real real movie fans are going to go see his movie but not, the average general audience is not going to go see a movie with michael shannon on the on the on the docket um josh brolin it, that hits that's a, definitely a bigger name especially recently with thanos and the mcu but i think all three of those they can do 
all of it. I mean, they can they can do the the small intimate like what you're wanting. So no, I think that's that's great. Those are good picks. They might save some money there on my go. Rambo choice. I think that's we'll my, mine Sam too. Rockwell, Michael Shannon, and Josh Brolin. Your movie is expensive. <laughs> Your movie just with that cast alone might be more expensive than Rambo Two. And there's which means they're gonna want a lot of action to bring mm-hmm. the audiences. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of a lot of people falling into snake pits and shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So on to Mr. Rambo. This is this is the big one. Who's gonna I kind of with my pick, I thought about going with like the big, you know, a big name that would definitely bring people in. Also, I thought about well, with all the guys that I've got and Taylor, like, well, I'm just, I've got all these guys who are established with D'Onofrio and Chandler and Morgan. So why not bring somebody that hopefully they can elevate this guy? Kind of like you were talking about with your um, your Galt pick, uh, Sailor with Sakura. I kind of I, I think he's right there. I think he's shown he's been in some he's been in some big movies, but he's kind of also kind of dialed it back and played some some different interesting characters more than just being he could kind of be just kind of the big pretty boy that you know plays a superhero or something like that the action guy and this one is right there where yeah he's playing the action guy but you definitely want to bring some uh, some weight and gravity to his character and so i went with aaron taylor johnson from um so he was kick-ass and kick-ass he was uh, Quicksilver in the MCU. He was in Tenet, and it was driving me nuts. Yeah, he was Ives. I was in like, Tenet. "Who the fuck yeah. is this?" Because I'm like, "I know who this is. Who yeah. is this?" And yeah, like, you picked Kickass. Yeah, that played Kickass. Yeah, yeah. Holy Dude, have you seen Nocturnal Animals? Oh, you need to see no, that. No, I, I need to though. Old dude in that and. You might have me. You might have me beat. I thought mine was going to get shit on for being for being just off the beaten path. Aaron but. Taylor Johnson. I'm going to defend Kane on this one. Aaron Taylor Johnson is fucking great. He's right there. He he's he's actually going to be Craven in Craven the Hunter. So he's right there. To yeah, that's yeah. hard for and me to see. And it's two different Marvel characters. Is he the first? No. No, there's been other ones. To be in, no. uh, to be recast in two different like I know there's like little character actors. No, uh, Brolin. I mean, he was Thanos and Cable. Hasn't Chris Daredevil Evans wasn't in the MCU at that point? I mean, these are both oh, in the MCU. You're just talking about Quicksilver. the MCU. Oh, you're splitting hairs. How <laughs> Marvel didn't own that shit yet. I mean, he's lit. He's literally, <laughs> but it's a he's Marvel. Literally, character. Quicksilver in the Avengers movies, and then he's going to fight Spider-Man, who is in the Avengers. I mean, he is literally. Yeah, the I don't only think. Any, I don't think any of the big. Yes, I guess technically what you're saying, but he, I don't think it was like any of the big Nerd alert. guys. But oh no, but no, he he can actually, like I said, yeah, I know a lot of people know him as the kick-ass guy, but he's been in a lot of stuff. Savages. Like I said, God, I think he did a really good job in the Godzilla one with Brian Cranston. You know, he's the he's a son, right? Mm-hmm. In that movie, yeah, he's grown up a lot. Yeah, since, so I think he's got kick-ass. he's got the military look. Like you go, you go, tenant, and I mean, he's got he he's right there with Robert Pattinson and uh, John David Washington. Like he's holding his own 
even though you nobody everybody looks at him was like there's no way that's kick ass <laughs> but uh no i i think and he's he's getting to that point where he's going to be the the leading guy so i think this just helps him just kind of solidify that he's he's kind of a next leading role uh type of guy that can carry i you know i'm not sitting here saying oh we got to restart the franchise with this movie but he's a type of guy who could probably do this and then um carry the action in a part two type of movie so well and that's worth pointing out we should have talked about that a while back whether or not we wanted this to be a franchise oh, yeah, starter or not the money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit but no, I yeah. am not. I am. Not, this is not a French. This is a one and done. Oh yeah. Well, it's Panos. Of I'm, I'm a one and done too. Yeah. I'm a one <laughs> okay, and done. I don't think Panos or Safty doing franchises. No. Yeah. This is gonna end. But the Safty brothers one. Rambo's probably gonna kill himself before Trapman ever gets there because it's <laughs> it's gotta end on a downer note. Mine's just gonna. In the sequel. Yeah, the sequels will be some direct video shit right, or. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess. I mean, they streaming. make the prequel, so we got to get a prequel to Troutman. Oh yeah, that's true. There you go. That's true. So, all right, uh, Sailor, who's your Rambo? Well, for Rambo again, I didn't think of badass action guys. Yeah, I didn't think of ripped. I thought of troubled. Somebody on the edge, and when I thought of somebody who's troubled. The first person I like, I don't have any other picks. He immediately popped in my head because every fucking character he plays is a troubled young man, and that is Jack O'Connell. Now, <laughs> if you ask, Jack O'Connell is. I mean, we always we always try to pick the up and coming actors, but of all of the ones we have ever mentioned, I think he is the one that is going to light the world on fucking fire. Yeah. Eden likes 71, Money Monster, Jungle Land, Trial by Fire, Starred Up especially. I mean, uh, Unbroke, Unbroken is fine. It's fine. He's good in it. He's the best thing about it. But Starred Up, fuck is he good in that movie? He is oh, yeah. so fucking good in that movie. So that's what I'm looking for. The only thing that hmm. I was a little bit hesitant about is the fact that he's 30 years old. When I'm like, ah, I feel like Rambo should be a little bit young. I mean, older than that. But I'm like, if he... I mean, because this is Vietnam, so I'm like, if he, I don't know, if he enlisted at the age of like 15, 16, then that, I guess that kind of makes sense. If he's been in the military that long, I mean, I'm trying to justify it. I don't give a shit. Jack O'Connell, I think he's a tremendous young actor. And the fact that he's 30 and he has this body of work, you're like, fuck, man. Has he done, um, and I'm not saying he can't do it, but has he done like an American accent or anything in his movies? Uh, he's American, I think, in Money Monster. Um, I, uh, I actually, I've never thought about that. No, he is American accent, Unbroken, doesn't he? Does he? I don't know if I've seen Unbroken. Yeah, it's the true story about whatever the fuck, some POW yeah. or something. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I just, I, cause I thought about him too, and not that I didn't pick him because of that. I thought, I, I thought exactly what you were thinking. I was like, I kind of want to save him for something different, but I also was like. I haven't seen him do or haven't heard him do an American accent. So is he one of those guys who will never do an American accent or whatnot? So I don't know. I I would bet my small – and I've seen him broken. That's how – I mean, Angelina Jolie, you're not the best director. No. But 
And the fact that the Coen brothers wrote that, that's so fucking wild to me. That they wrote it, that she directed it, and I'm like, eh, whatever. Um, I'm almost positive he's American in that. But I couldn't tell you if it's good. I would also bet two of my fingers that he could probably pull it off. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know why they have such an ear for it. Because they can do it. We can barely do it. (laughs) We're not very good at the British accents, but they're great at American accents. If you ask me right now, gun to my head, who is going to replace Daniel Craig as James Bond, it is going to be Jack O'Connell. Put money on it right now if you're a betting man in Las Vegas. Because they're not going to reboot it for another five years. So this is the age group. Stop thinking Idris Elba. He's too fucking old. It's not going to be Tom Hardy. Oh, it's yeah. going to be Jack O'Connell. Because by the time they cast him, five years from now, he will be of the age to be James Bond. He's not the most attractive person in the world. But neither was Daniel Craig. And somehow he fucking pulled it off. So Jack O'Connell, that's my Rambo. I can he play somebody on the edge? Yeah, he's oh, done yeah. it every single fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is he great? Yeah. Is he in shape? Yeah. So check, 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 Jack O'Connell. I mean, I would rather him be James Bond, but we're never going to recast James Bond movie because no. he hates those movies. So give me Rambo, baby. I'll just, I'll, I'm fine with Rambo. Nope. No, I, like I said, he was, he was definitely one of my, my other picks, I love that pick. He's yeah, he's definitely can play. I mean, seventy-one's great. It really is. But startup is almost I where I would go with that uh, definitely of kind of that pit bull that Rambo turns into, and he definitely is in that when he's in that mode. He definitely has that. Like I could see him just being in a, a jungle slash woods, just ready to take on a hundred men with no regard. For, and, and absolutely having the confidence that Rambo does of like, yeah, I got you. No, man, I don't care. Just send a thousand of you guys. I will take you out. Like, mm. And I could see O'Connell um, conveying that. Yeah, he had in startup, he has nothing but anger, angst, and I want to fuck up the world. Yeah. But he also doesn't have the abilities. Now, you give him the abilities of that soldier from 71 or Unbroken or whatever. Yeah. He's an unstoppable. That's why you would need to call in Batman to kill him. So Jack O'Connell. So I'm. Oh, I cannot wait to hear who you. Did you pick Robert Pattinson? Oh, baby. Did you get Robert Pattinson and Michael Shannon? Did you make the most expensive first blood movie imaginable? No, no. So I had a long list of possibilities. Wow. I want to ask y'all. How how uh, did either of y'all consider? And I and I know probably the answer to this before I even ask it. Did either of y'all consider Tom everything Hardy? all the time? Yeah, well, yeah. It's- I mean, that's why we have the Tom Hardy rule <laughs> yeah. on here of us not being able to pick him for. I'm not joking thing. when I say every single movie. It doesn't matter what it is. My mind will immediately go. Can I put Billy Zane in this? Can I put Tom Hardy in this? <laughs> and I can't because we've already used Tom Hardy and Billy Zane. I'm like. Can he be something in this? Can okay. he be Troutman? And then immediately yeah. I go, no, probably not. Like when we do like a league of their own, I'm like, can he be the John Lovitz character? And then I will go, no, he can't, <laughs> but I'll think about it. I will think about it. So yeah, Tom Hardy, I did think of. Yeah, I, my mind went goes from Tom Hardy being Rambo to Kristen Stewart being Rambo. So that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, that, that is how that works. <laughs> 
Yeah, I couldn't get Adam Driver out of my head, and then then I immediately jumped straight to Tom Hardy, and I was like, shit. Um, yeah, so I, I, I bumped around on this one. I kind of just like went through a list of sort of modern leading men, and I didn't like many of them. Um, and the one I landed on is probably as off the beaten path, at least as Kane's pick, and it's uh, Rami Malik. See, somebody's not going to like that pick, but I absolutely <laughs> love that pick. I'm just going to mute the mic now, and y'all can just talk about you. <laughs> Rami Malik. Yeah, I think I think he. Um, I think if you want to be literal, you put twenty. 25 pounds on that guy. And I think he's fine as Rambo. I think he can do brooding and I think he can do unhinged or at least on the edge of unhinged really well. I think he can do a lot with his face, his eyes. When I um, eventually American psycho, I am going to pick Rami Malek because he looks like a lizard in a human body. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I can't see him as Rambo. You keep talking. I'm gonna I'm gonna picture it because I don't like Rami Malek because I want He has that Miles Teller Michael Sarah thing, where I always have to defend Michael Sarah, mm. but everyone wants to punch him in the fucking face. Rami Malek is that to oh, me. Where I'm like, if I saw you, I'm gonna beat you to death with my shoes. Like, I just there's something about his face that I don't like. But God, Michael Sarah is why I can't stand. Um... Uh, what's that movie that you love? Um, all, of the all of the movies he's ever in. The comic book movie. Oh, the, Scott the, Pilgrim. The the. Oh, he's so yeah. great. God, he's so great. I want to. I, 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 I've been. I've Hate been. That guy. That's an. I almost every movie. I'm like, where can I put Michael Sarah in this? And I haven't you know been able what? to pick it yet. I'm gonna pick Michael Sarah's Rambo. I take back <laughs> everything I said about Jack McConnell. But no, go ahead. Rami Malik with Safety Brothers. I love it. That's different. It's different. I, it's different. I, I, and I love me some Rami Malik. Yeah, I, you know, at first I thought, ah, he's too. I don't know. He's not traditionally masculine enough. But, but you, if you look back at at First Blood, um, uh, uh, Stallone is not that big. No, he gets movie. much bigger in the sequel. He's really not. Camille Nanjiani yeah. now yeah. is bigger than Sloan was then. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I, I think he could pull it off. Uh, if you look at pictures of him as um, what's his name from Queen, I don't think he's that far off. I think you put 25 pounds of muscle on him, and I think he's there. Be, I mean, besides that, you know, in the 80s, we had this image of special operations guys as being – you know, muscle heads, well, but no, because really, really you go the, to uh, Splatoon and Defoe's not a muscle head, and they're about they would probably be similar builds. Yeah, no, I yeah, Defoe was on my list for. I uh, think Troutman. if you pick Rami Malik, he would. I don't know what HGH they give these celebrities now <laughs> that they're able to do that shit, like the guy from the Rob. Um, the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 
Um, he, I mean, he alluded to the steroids that he oh, took. But Rob McGilley, uh, yes, I mean, he's in fucking insane shape now. Camille, like I just said, uh, he's in a Marvel movie. He's in insane shape now. So can I picture? It doesn't hurt that, that all they need to do is work out all day long and have some right, their own personal for. trainers and their own gyms and all that. I mean, everyone says, but yeah. here's the thing. If I was rich, you, you think I was going to ever get on a foot? No, I'm going to live my Russell Crowe life. Get as fat as humanly possible. But that, he but he couldn't have done that. But he would, he wouldn't have done that back in the nineties when he had to be in shape. He can do that now because he's got his money. He's made his career already. <laughs> this is true. I mean, I mean, exactly. look at Jack Nicholson. I mean, you could either be working out at the gym like Rock or Jack Nicholson, fat as fuck, honest, on and a still yacht getting more sub. women. And he's surrounded by women, and I'm like, <laughs> Nicholson's got to figure it out, y'all. <laughs> I don't ever see a picture with Rock with two ladies on his own. Just, just, That's I mean, right. He's married. He's happily married, but still. Uh, Rami Malik, I have, I mean, I do think he is a good actor. Do not get me wrong. I have not seen the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, but from what I have seen of it, he seems to be great in it. I think he is great in, in Until Dawn, that video game. Because I don't have, I honestly, I don't know. I've never seen Mr. Robot. I have, I mean, I'm, he uh, he's fantastic. Twilight, Breaking Dawn Part Two. So that puts him up there. So. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, I was gonna mention the anyway, James I can Bond bring it. movie. Anyway, I can bring it around, baby. I mean, he's in the James Bond movie this year, so <laughs> I was. If Sailor can bring it around to Nicolas Cage, Kane's gonna bring it back around. Twilight. That's right. I'm Twilight. actually surprised he didn't pick Kristen Stewart. Hey, she'd she'd kick everybody's ass. It's like it's a ramble for the Demon. new age. Yeah. Women, women can fight too. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. If this movie was made, today, oh, of course, that's what it would yeah, be. it'd be all about you know. We got never mind. I mean, I, representation. If it maybe. was made today, I don't think it would be a woman, but Ramble would most definitely be black. Oh yeah. Well, okay, okay. Let let's talk about that for a second. Now that that brings up a really interesting point. If that were made today. Okay, I want to go down your rabbit hole, but but before we do that, I want to say that that if the character was as he's portrayed in the original, this is basically a movie about an active shooter. Pretty much, yeah. In yeah. in the modern context. I don't know how you make this guy a hero in this in in the modern era. I mean, the guy shoots up a damn town. But he's not shooting. I mean, you know, I think that's the the line is that he's not shooting at people. He's just making causing destruction. No, it, and that would no because as I, I get exactly what Dahl's saying. If if it's a white guy in this day and age in this uh, environment, it's a domestic terrorist. Like people would be like, oh, well, that's the domestic terrorism. Because if it was anybody else, yeah. It would be it would be classified as that or this or that. So no, it would definitely be that would be oh yeah he's you know even if the director or the movie didn't want it to be that that would be a criticism of the movie. No no that's just you know crazy white guy going nuts. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. So if you're saying if he's if, black, if, you're not immediately going to think the mess terrorist. What what's your no no? What is your mind going to go to if he's black though? Because you can use the, I mean, if, if it's made nowadays, 
and, and your and your Rambo character is black, I mean, then you've got a white cop that's uh-huh. that's racially profiling, you know, this poor fucking soldier who's down on his luck. And I mean, actually, you could buy that back. You could buy 80s. that now. Like you would not, you would not need any backstory or any justification for why the sheriff is fucking with the black man. Because you know it is what it is. So if he was black, it would make sense in that context. And would you still keep it then? I mean, I mean, you can modernize it with a black person, but I mean, I think this movie has to be because it is so anti-war. I think it has to be set in Vietnam because that's what the book is about, and that's basically what the movie's about in in most regards. I think it has to be because in in small towns people don't have negative opinions of soldiers. I mean, you can do two things as a small town person and be revered. And one of them is being a soldier and the other is playing football. Yes, this is correct. So I don't, I don't see how you make that in a modern context unless you set it in, I don't know. I mean, if it's not a small town, I mean, he could be coming back to, I mean, if you make him yeah. a black person, I can name you 17 fucking movies with that. Fred Williamson, I guarantee you, was in five of these fucking black guy comes home from Vietnam. Somebody fucks with him and then he beats the shit out of him. You just don't think of him as Rambo because he doesn't just run off into the woods. He just gets a shotgun and goes after Whitey. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, yeah, I've seen these movies. There's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It's just you mm-hmm. don't think of it as Rambo because the things that you associate with Rambo are mud, knife, traps, you know, the whole nine yards. You don't think of it as soldier getting fucked with and then those things. It's those things first and then everything else because right. I've never seen a movie... I mean, I could be wrong where a black guy goes off into the woods, covers himself in the mud and makes traps and shit. Um, there could be one. I'm not thinking of one, but I mean, what is oh, what is Rami Malik? I know he's what is he? Uh, I mean, I don't think it matters. I think he I think he can pass for Italian or something. Yeah, like I'm, I'm trying to remember. What I don't know what he is. Though. Top of my head, I can't really think of what he because uh, I know Freddie Mercury was half egyptian or something i know he is yeah and i something know like is something yeah. like that because i know he has something in there but yeah let's get back to rami i, yeah, think, I think it's i mean in a safety brothers first blood man you gotta you gotta cast for this one dog yeah rami's part egyptian as well man that's perfect casting for that okay too bad that movie looks like it sucks but i mean he's he's you know, he's very light skinned. Um, Stallone's pretty dark skinned in, in mm. First Blood, if I remember correctly. Um, and I, no, and I, no, and I, I, mean, I think I think if you keep it in the Vietnam era, so right after Vietnam, and even if he even if you did make him black back then, or if you made him somewhat of a minority, what well, it it still works all the same. In in that in that in that setting, so I think with him, yeah, and he's got kind of that unique look of, he's kind of got like that, you know, Harvey R. Bardem kind of you don't know what he is sometimes in, in depending on the role that he's playing, right? So Rami Malek can kind of do that as well. I would say like Vin Diesel yeah. and The Rock, where they could just, 
I think white people have accepted the rock because we don't know what he is. I know we, we know he's half black and half Hawaiian or whatever, but we should, I, he's Some one of those that he's not white, but we pass him off as white. Like Vin Diesel, he's not, ha- he's not white. He's half white, but it's like, all right, he's, he's white enough. Like it's fine. Like Rami Malik, I think I think we'd be like, ah, we don't really know, but who gives a shit? He's close yeah. enough. He looks close enough. It's uh, Alfred Molina made a joke about it, where they gave him like an award for like a Latino thing, and he's like, I'm not even Mexican. And they're like, Hey, you you you're close enough. Close enough. Like he's not even remotely. He's <laughs> like, he's uh, Australian. No, he's he? like, um, I know he's British, but I think he's like half. He's something, but he's not. He's not Mexican at all. But he's like, all right, whatever. Because they basically he was born in London, England. (laughs) Yeah, he's English, but his mother is Portuguese or some shit or something, something. Okay, yeah. Okay. And his they're like, your last name is Molina, so fuck it, take the award. And he's like, all right, whatever. No, Spanish. So his mom was Spanish. Oh, Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. So, So Spanish. Yeah. I mean, Rami Malek, he has those eyes like a scared chihuahua where it looks like he's seen some shit. Yeah. So you can, I could buy a Rambo who's seen some shit with that. So, no, I think that's, I think that's one of our most unique picks. And I, in a good way, like, cause I, I do love that pick. You know, so, some of the, some of the picks that we do, some of the obvious pick is the best pick sometimes. And sometimes we want to go away from the obvious pick at times. And then there's ones where it's either going to be a home run, like we talked about earlier, it's either going to be a home run or it's not going to work. And I think that's definitely a unique pick that I don't think many, because I think a lot of people would be like, Rami Malik is Rambo? And kind of scratch their head type of thing. But I think if it works, it works. Oh, yeah, they would lose their mind. And and they're always wrong. So if the internet is against something, I give thumbs because they've only very rarely been right about anything. So, I mean, he can clearly act. He could put some weight on. He could be scared. He could be a broken individual. He could kill people. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he already has serial killer eyes, so I don't have to. It's not a stretch. All right, Dogman, I'm gonna give you a pass on this one. Yeah, I don't oh, need it's your too late. I don't did. need your approval. It's still like I already gave it to you. I mean, you picked three of my favorite actors in here, so I'll, I'll give you a pass. Yeah. Well, all right. All right. Let's do a, a rundown of our of our cast, starting with me. Uh, my director is Taylor Sheridan, Galt, Jeffrey Dean, Morgan Troutman, Kyle Chandler, Sheriff Teasel, Vincent D'Onofrio, and my Rambo is Aaron Taylor Johnson. For me, my director was Panos Cosmatos. My galt was Joseph Sakara. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. My sheriff is uh, Teasel is Russell Crowe. My Troutman is, I probably got those mixed up. I got Troutman is Christian Bale and my Rambo is Jack O'Connell. My directors are the Safdie brothers. My galt is the great Sam Rockwell. My Troutman is the also great Michael Shannon. Teasel is Josh Brolin, and Rambo is Rami Malek. And before I forget, uh, I almost, well, I, I, I considered this 
the uh, the one Safty brother as the role as the, as the Rambo role because I think he could pull it off. Oh, Benny! Oh man, he's such a he's so yeah. good in Good Time. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. save him for something, and I don't know what yet. But if you told me that motherfucker was deaf, I would believe you. It's as good a performance <laughs> as was at what like somebody with disabilities is like Leonardo DiCaprio with down syndrome autism whatever he has and um what's he in gilbert Gray? Or like no. or no uh it's, um <laughs> <laughs> like he's and a i cannot believe you motherfuckers pulled mel out and he said he's great yeah, he's he's fantastic in that. I I seriously considered him, man. I was like, hmm. I mean, my only, I guess I save some money. The only reason I didn't mention him because I'm like, it was never going to happen. But Martin McCann, um, he's in this movie called The Survivalist that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, another post-apocalyptic movie. Going back to that, thought of him as Rambo. Mm. I liked it a lot, but. He barely talks in that movie, so I'm, and that's bit, that's the only thing I've seen him yeah. in. So I'm like, I don't want to take a chance on because I would like to see Rambo played by a new up and comer, and I like the survivalist a lot. And I thought he was good in it, but I'm like, he says like five things. So I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know if he can act, or he might just be good in this. Because sometimes that's the case where you're only good in that one thing. But um, that was really. I thought about him for a second. And I was like, I got all these heavy hitters. I can't throw in fucking Martin McCann. Who the fuck is that? So. Mm. I, yeah, I've not heard. I don't think I've heard of that movie. It's not, it's not bad. Uh, I think Mia Goth is in it. It's basically yes. so this guy who's a survivalist who's in the middle of nowhere and a mom and a daughter show up and kind of, right? As a mom yeah. and a daughter, it kind of show up. They and kind want of, to, yeah. yeah. They want to trade with him. Oh, yeah. Wait. He's got his little nook out in the middle of these woods. They come yes. in and they want to trade, and he's like, "No." And then, without saying anything, she makes a trade. Without you know, she's basically selling her daughter to him, and immediately, this isn't a spoiler. Immediately, the mother and the daughter are planning to kill him to take over the farm. Now, where the movie goes from that. I mean, because it's not like a slow escalation of like, will they, won't they? Like immediately they're like, yeah, we're going to kill him and take the fucking farm. But where it goes from there is is interesting. It's very, yes, for like nothing. It's made in the middle of the woods. There's like maybe six actors at most in it. And even saying that's kind of a spoiler that there's. Man, this is so in my wheelhouse. It's it's stupid that I haven't seen it yet. But I do remember when this came out and it, it was on my list. I just have somehow managed to skirt around it and not it's see a small, it yeah don't get your hopes up it's it's a small little something i think it's it's good not, for all the actors involved to well mia goth is already doing whatever the fuck yeah. she's doing she's but i think it's good for martin mccann to get for uh it's i mean this director maybe could do a rambo because this is all set in the woods maybe he could do it because this is it's beautifully shot the acting is yeah. all great so it's it's just a little it's like a demo reel to me. Like, hey, look what I can do. Look at these actors. Aren't they great? And I'm like, yeah, everything here is good. It's up to it's up the board. Thumbs up. You're doing all the good things. Hmm. I'm is it is it better than that that other post apocalyptic movie with 
where Michael Shannon plays the dad and they're like trying to conserve water out in the desert and shit. It's got the guy from uh, Fury Road. The you know guy I'm talking about? Nicholas Holt. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah. When I got him confused because I got Nicholas yep. Holt and Aaron Taylor Johnson confused. It's better than that because that movie's slow as shit. But I thought Nicholas Holt was really good in that. Um, it's not like it, yeah, that's more futuristic, post-apocalyptic because they have that little robot helper thing. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm, yeah. now. It's like it's not like future tech. That's like a thing that exists now. But this is literally four people in the woods and a lot of dialogue and shit. Like, but there's some action, some shit okay. happens. So it's no, this sounds right. You're probably own. gonna like it and then forget about it in like a year until somebody else mentions it again. And you're yeah. like, oh yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's exactly. I know that's what happened to Kane. You saw it, forgot it, and then I mentioned it again. He's like, oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. Good. Well, that movie. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the kind of movie. It is, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. For some reason, I feel like I, I've gotten that one in Z for Zachariah mixed up in the past. Maybe they it came out around the same did, time. I that... can't remember. <laughs> What a waste of great actors, Z for Zachariah. Yeah, isn't that Chris Pine and like David O. Yellow or some shit? Is you like, no, what? not not no, that's um, it's what's his name? Did I did I pull a white guy and mix up two different black actors? I you did, you, uh, he, yeah, it's guy, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, good job. I did it. Way to do it's it. On me. Way to do it. Is it Chris yeah. Pine though? Racist. Is it at least Chris Pine? Yeah, it's Chris Pine. Did I get my Ma- white guy? Margot right? Robbie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you got the white guy. Got right. the right white guy right. There you go. I didn't say Margot because I thought it was going to be Margot, but I, yeah, that's another. I saw it. Couldn't tell you a fucking thing about it. Like it's. I didn't remember that that was Margot Robbie. And there's wow. another movie that came out like not too long after that with Peter Dinklage and Al Fanning. Like we were like kind of obsessed with like low budget post apocalyptic movies for a little bit, and it's like they all came and went, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, there are things that exist." Okay, now I'm not sure which one that is with the Peter uh, Dinklage. It's literally him and Al Fanning. Basically, it. I couldn't tell you the name of it. Um, hey, oh, they walk around a lot. Drive me crazy. Have to look this up for you now. I know you do. Hmm. I don't know why you bring up movies that you don't remember the name of. Try what is it? Well, because I didn't think Doll was gonna fucking <laughs> want to talk about the Peter Dinklage L family. I don't even movie. know where to go with that movie or what that would even be. If Peter Dinklage, it would be like a seven movie down. But yeah, I have no idea. What like like around 2015? Uh, no, it's sooner than that, 2017. Oh, and that's weird because she was in, she was also in Young Ones, the movie I was just talking about. With Michael Shannon and uh, what's his name? Holt. I think we're alone now, 2018. Got there before you came. Well, you said later than earlier than that. Oh, well, like, shit. I, I meant later than that. 2015. Oh, so gotcha. Like sooner, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I have not heard of that. No. Uh, oh, Paul Giamatti. He's in it. I forgot no, that. thank you. What, motherfucker? I said no, thank you. you. All right. Uh, Doll Baby, you got anything you want to plug? Yeah, let's get to the plugs. Um, um, yeah, so, you know, like everybody else on the planet, I've been working on a podcast. Ooh. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's about an obscure subject that not that many people on the Internet talk about. 
um, movies. And we are calling it uh, Video Vandals. And the we is who? And we, uh, oh. my sister and I. Yeah, um, the we, the weed doll baby, the younger doll baby, the younger. Um, so we've recorded three episodes now and we didn't have a name. So we finally got the name sorted out. So now we'll probably start publishing those pretty soon. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. We absolutely will. Is it, what, what's the, is it like you picking one movie and talking about it? Like what, what's the, the topic of the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're married to a format, but we're basically just picking movies that we both want to watch and talk about. Um, the first one we did was uh, Soylent Green. That they're remaking with a so, woman in the lead. Oh, neato. Oh, that movie has so many parallels to this last year, man. It's bizarre. I, I'd never seen it before, and that that's kind of why we picked it, because both of us had hadn't seen it and. Um, you were just, we're kind of, we're kind of ranging. We, we did, um, we did that and then we did LA story and, um, the next one is, uh, the burbs. So we're just kind of all over the map. I think that's what we're going to be about. I think, are they, are they brand new movies to you guys? Like you're seeing them for the first time or. Oh, no, 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 Uh, no. The, the soil and green was the only one that we hadn't seen. So I I know the famous thing that I don't want to spoil for people at the end. And I remember, I think it's Edward G. Robinson. Like he's really happy that he has a little bit of strawberry jam and that shit was like super expensive. Mm. That's all I remember about that movie because it's slow and boring mm. as fuck. Nah, but he was, Robinson was great in it. It's, it's, it's a depressing movie. I'll was say that. dying Especially... of cancer while making it or some shit. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And he knew that, yeah, it's yeah, it's jacked up. Uh-huh. What I know, yeah, yeah that's all like, I way to end me. the podcast. Uh, Edward G. Robinson dying of pocket uh, cancer. Well, that's the episode. <laughs> Thank you for and send everybody home happy. <laughs> send, send them home happy. An actor people have never fucking heard of, unless you're Dahlgren because you're old as fuck. Edward G. Robinson, no, come you, on, you want to you want to place bets? You want to place bets that people today know who the fuck Edward G. Robinson is. That's our list. If you agree or disagree, hit us up on Screen Age Wasteland, or you can go vote on whose picks are better over at Total Recast Podcast on Instagram. If you want to hear even more episodes, throw us some coin over at patreon.com slash NLTL. That's our episode. I'm Sailor. He's Kane. And this has been Dahlgren. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Appreciate it. And this has been Total Recast. We remake movies so Hollywood won't.